And we are live again, WrestlePurious Podcast, episode 116, hosted by myself, AO, Charlie, Joe Hulbert. It's been another busy week, but of course, the main topic today for these Thursday shows is to review AEW Dynamite, so we're definitely going to be doing that. But like I said, busy, busy, busy week, uh, especially with all the fallout of the lawsuit that was filed against Vince McMahon and WWE. There's been some developments in that. Pretty significant, very significant uh, developments in that, to be very honest, that have come out today. Um, and there's been other news as well, like, uh, you know, free agent news and all that sort of stuff. Your usual wrestling news, um, as well as what I just mentioned. So, okay, first things first, please like, subscribe, send any super chats, any questions, any takes, uh, turn on post notifications. Hope everyone's doing good. Starting with my fellow co host, Joe Hulbert. Talk to me. How are you, mate? How are not you, bad. Montgomery? I'm going to ask you. Good. Not bad, not yeah. bad. I apologise for looking like I just woke up, but in many ways I did just wake oh, up. Good, um, good. good, thanks, mate. Mate's got the buzz cut back, which has been controversial, as it always is, but, you know, very divisive with my attires these days. <laughs> it's a big topic of discussion, you know, so uh, at the looks of Joe Holbert on Twitter, uh, if you'd like to see more. So I'm here to talk about AEW. 2024 lookbook. Yeah, I'm here to talk about <laughs> Could you imagine? Just all of me, like a, a webcam shot. <laughs> um, I'm here to talk about AEW Dynamite, which featured a real youth movement. And uh, much to get into. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, definitely interesting median age on the interview Dynamite last night. Mm. But, yeah, it's a good show, though. But anyway, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Charlie, 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 how are you doing today? Doing... Good. Had a very busy week, to be honest, but uh, feeling pretty good. Excited to talk about Dynamite. This one was an interesting episode. Um, I enjoyed it, though. It was fun to watch on the live stream. So, yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah, man, all good. And AO, what's going on with you? The largest AO is in the fucking building. Here to talk grabs. Uh, you know, there's four British black fans doing our thing, as we usually do that on right. Thursday nights. <laughs> Uh, Thursday nights, you know, you wouldn't change them for the world, would you, people? You know, um, full names here from Anthony. Look at y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all thought y'all would be watching. Uh, y'all thought y'all would be watching TNA and shit. That's over with. We here. <laughs> Honestly, you, you know the the, the first dagger in the heart for me when it came to TNA is like big comeback, and that was like when not the first TNA show was like main evented or whatever it was by news. That was crazy. Like, come on. Bro. Yeah. Like, oh, it's like, oh, this really is just impact, isn't it? Like, trying to give you a chance and you hit him with that moose main event out the block. You know, <laughs> like, it's crazy, man. Um, yeah, oh, dear. But yeah, we're here, you know, we're here. We'll, we'll go head to head with TNA. We're not head to head with TNA right now, but we'll, no. we'll do it, you know. We do it. <laughs> we ain't scared. We're not scared. We're not scared. We don't run from it. No. I'm a little bit scared of Scott Demore actually, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest, I need to kick my ass, Brian. Yeah, speak for yourself. I don't know. I don't know if it'll go well. Yeah, man, Joe Holbert, he doesn't fear anything, but those those moose main events <laughs> they do something. They're pretty frightening. They do something to them. They're a lot. They're a lot. That's a good call. Yeah, it's uh it's tough, it's tough. Um but yeah, like I said, another busy week. We have got a little super chat, and I'm going to bring it up right away because it's relevant for right now. Jonathan Gomez or not, you know, and they got Seth out here looking down bad. Seth Rollins has just uploaded his latest uh, 
You put up another Please. one? He's oh. like, he's he's, the lightest one. The lightest one is, do you want to be Sid or do you want to be Terry Funk? <laughs> Jesus Christ. What the fuck? What? So it was, do you want to be Ultimate Warrior or Ric Flair? I think it was. Then it was. That's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Then it was, do you want to be Hulk Hogan or Dusty Rhodes? And like I said, the latest one is, do you want to be like Sid or do you want to be like Terry Fong? So, that is an insane group of people. That's how, insane how, pairing of people. How does Cody say no to this without burying the belt? Easy. I think you should just bury the belt. <laughs> <laughs> he goes out there and he says, No, thank you, Mr. Rollins. You know? <laughs> to be clear, because I only saw like, clips of it. So, was the suggestion that rather than being Hulk Hogan, who was a famous <laughs> politician, Cody should be more like Dusty, who would never politic or. You know, he was never known for that kind. Is that what the suggestion was? He did it the hard way. Kind of, yes. Bro, he was out there in a literal blue suit talking about being the blue color champion. You know, like he yeah. couldn't get any more. He's very subtle. <laughs> he is very subtle. <laughs> right. I just oh, love the God. idea of Dusty. It's fascinating how, and I, to be clear, I love Dusty Rhodes, but it's fascinating how the perception of him, like the way they market him now, has changed through the years. You know. Yeah, the market him, the market him as like hand in hand with his like gimmick in the territories. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, come on, bro. I I love Dusty too, but he's a carny piece of shit, bro. And everybody, (laughs) we used to talk. You used to be allowed to talk about it. You're not allowed to talk about it anymore, bro. Hardcore fans used to like dunk on him. You know, he was like the ultimate player. He booked himself to win all of those matches in the in the mid to late eighties. Obviously, before that, not so, but. Bunkhouse Stampede, he invented a match that he only ever won. Only he could win it. <laughs> he run guys out. But it's like he coached the NXT kids and like in-house, he's now treated as like one of their all-time legends. Again, let me yeah. be clear, I haven't got a problem with that. It's just That's interesting. more what it is, you know. It's like because, yeah. because he's in the later years, he was such a like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a warm figure, perception-wise, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of, you know, you kind of... <laughs> He kind of glaze over and glamorized the kind of his career as a whole then, didn't you? So Yeah. yeah we love Dusty, but as as many wrestlers, he was far from perfect, you know. <laughs> right. We'll put it this way, if you're gonna you know glorify an old wrestler, you could do much worse, right? Then we can all agree right. on that. So mm-hmm. fine by me. We could yeah, still be like a politician. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be crazy if someone was out there mm. doing that. <laughs> oh man. It's an interesting song in the business, isn't it? Um, it's, uh, let's just let's get into the AEW Dynamite review, man. It's, it's what we're here to do. It's what you people expect from us every Thursday at 6.30pm or shortly afterwards. And, uh, yeah, where, where does anyone remember where exactly was Dynamite? That's not what city they were in or what state it they were in. It was New Orleans, Louisiana. We had Rob of Russell Pierce doing on-field reporting last night. Big responsibilities, you know. We 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 try as much as we can to have some, you know, some people on the ground, you know, front line (laughs) at these wrestling shows. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and the scoops that that marks like Meltzer won't tell you. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. All right, uh, all right. AW Dynamite opens up with. 
John Moxley versus Jeff Hardy. And interestingly, some of the stars from CMLL that were sitting front row and just behind as well. Uh, Mystico, Volador, uh, Hechicero, um, Mascara Dorado was there as well, I think. Um, so yeah, that was, it was, it's kind of cool to just see him out there in the suits and just, you know, observing and, you know, this was, it was a cool visual, you know. But yeah, John Moxley, Jeff Hardy, you know, it was a spirited effort. Um, I don't think you need to have Jeff Hardy out there for like prolonged matches at this point. Just kind mm-hmm. of play the heat, let him have a spirited effort out there and uh, kind of take it on. They did some kind of, I don't know what you'd call them. I wouldn't say quite viral spots, you know, but you had Moxley sticking his pen through Jeff Hardy's piercing and shit. <laughs> kind of like weird things like that. <laughs> the crowd seemed to be with it for the most part and it was a, yeah, an alright little match to start off. And uh, We'll get into like the post-match and that after and stuff like that. But as a match, Charlie, I'll start with you. What did you make mm-hmm. of the I thought it was pretty decent for what it was. It was definitely too long, in my opinion. Like like you were saying, Jeff Hardy should not be... He should be going out there and playing the hits and working to his strengths. And a fucking 16-minute or whatever it was TV match is not one of his strengths anymore. It just is what it is. But uh, for what it was, I thought it was pretty fun. The crowd enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It meandered a little bit in the middle, but it was always going to at that length. So um, I think they did a good job to get it back on track and have a cool finish for it, so, yeah. yeah Decent effort from Jeff Hardy, wasn't it, John? It was, yeah, you know, you've both mentioned how long the match went, and it's funny because last week we were talking about the Swerve match, and we were like, this was good, but, you know, a little long, and that was 14, <laughs> this week this was 15, so they said, fuck what WrestleFurious <laughs> said, we're going longer, so I assume <laughs> next week he's going to wrestle someone for 16 minutes, but, um, but, yeah, like, Jeff is... Obviously, Jeff is most famous for the big stunts and big buns, but he's he is actually capable of being a very smart babyface wrestler, which yes. as of right now, he still is. He's obviously turning. Yeah. But the people still love him. So when he wrestles like a traditional babyface match, he honestly is like, he's fine in there. Um, so yeah, this was actually like pretty decent. I think the swerve match was better, to be clear, but mm-hmm. I thought it came out pretty well. And, you know, the uh, we'll get to the CML business. But the heel turn thing is... I do think while I kind of appreciate they're still trying to do new things with, you know, the Hardys are, that is, because clearly they, they want to like do stuff on TV. Mm. It does feel like a mistake to take away Jeff's like superpower, which is how much people like that dude. Like he was <laughs> yeah. wrestling Mox last night and it was less go Hardy, you know, it's like mm-hmm. they love that dude. So that's the only thing I'd say, but I think he's doing well in 2024 thus far. I thought it was a pretty good match. Yeah, he is. It's, um, it's not it's not you said taking away kind of his that one last you know his the last yeah. good punch he's got left you know the people still just adore him just just but you don't have to do anything just off the base <laughs> the fact that he's Jeff Hardy and everyone's kind of got this endearment towards him but you know we'll see how it goes uh, Ayo what have you made of Jeff Hardy so far in twenty twenty four it seems pretty solid three enjoyable Jeff Hardy singles matches in a row. Who would have thought? I'm not gonna go off the. I'm not gonna say they're all good. I mean, they, they're alright, but they were enjoyable. They were enjoyable wrestling mm-hmm. matches. I think I, I was kind of nervous when Mox's music hit because you know, no matter what, that first match is gonna hit 15 minutes. Like that opening, like Dynamite's got a formula. They're gonna stick to it. They want that. And they want that first quarter number to do well. So they're just gonna keep those people out there. So it definitely went a little bit long. But, you know, it was it was enjoyable. Jeff being that over is, is crazy. 
You get, like, like I don't think man. they cheer for Mox at all, and it's not like he leaned heel too much. Like we're just being Mox, no. and no. Uh, him him having to draw heat eventually will be very interesting to see. I don't know if that's something that I particularly want to see. I yeah. don't know. It, it could be interesting, but it also it could feels, be fucking dog shit. It feels like it's more, and I'm not even like saying this in like a nasty way, but it feels so much more suited to Matt Strimps. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the question has to be asked of, does do Matt Strimps like matter? You know, it's like, there is probably a story to tell with Jeff Hardy. Is it one I'm desperate to see told? Yes. Not really. But they love him. And like, he appears to be better in singles matches than tag matches. If that makes no sense to me, but I'm just looking at what I've got in front of me here, and that's the way it's played yeah. out. And it's like, I think Matt will be able to do some quirky shit as a heel, but like, what's the actual ceiling on that? You know, like, do you do we need? That? We've already seen it. I think exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, so. In AEW, yeah, the, we've yeah, already the big money mad stuff he had going on with Hangman yeah. and all that. That was that was that was the ceiling of his heel working in AEW. I think I think Jeff probably does come off better in singles these days because of that superpower that he has. That people are still like so endeared towards him, and it's like, you know, a heel can still kind of do a heat segment on him and stuff like that, right. and people can still sympathise with him in that sense. So people can kind of build up for his comeback, and then all he's got to do is hit, try to hit, you know. Right. And um, but yeah. Or you I go always, 15 minutes with Moxley, and it's it's passable, you know. <laughs> I, I always remember. Um, MVP talking about working Jeff on house show loops. And he was talking about how some baby faces you have to really construct, what am I going to do to this guy when I'm getting heat on him? You know, am I going to work his... And he was like, with Jeff, if you just hit Jeff, there'll be someone ready to jump the rail. You know, like, <laughs> he's like, he's, he said him and Ray are both in that, like, they love them so much. You don't have to redo anything. If you just beat them up a little, the people are ready. They want to see yeah. that comeback. So that, that kind of speaks. And he's in 2024... We saw that against one of their biggest stars, so that says a lot. Yes, Jeff Hardy getting off to uh, he had a pretty solid January, man. He did, mm-hmm. he did. And obviously, the big takeaway from this, though, other than Jeff Hardy refusing to shake John Mox's hand, how could he do such a thing? Well, as I mentioned at the start of the show, the CMLL wrestlers were front row. There was a few incidences throughout the match where you know uh, they'd get closer to the railings. I think at one point Mox ended up in Mystico's lap. Um, yeah. and you know they were kind of gesturing towards each other and stuff. Max got up on the top, on the top rope after he won, kind of gestured towards them again, and they didn't stand for it this time, Joe. The CMLL wrestlers—they raided the ring, they jumped the railings, and they stomped the shit out of John Moxley until Daddy Magic, Matt Sydal, and um, <laughs> Cool Hand Andrew and Christopher Daniels. <laughs> yes. Until the heroes of the AEW locker room came out, thank the real who's who of the division, <laughs> yeah, to make the uh, to make the save for John Moxley and the AEW security came out and stuff. And uh, yeah, man, hot angle after after the match, of course, Moxley getting into beef with CMLL wrestlers, the entire roster, it seems. Um, yeah, the CMLL wrestlers they were quoting AEW's tweets and that on the timeline, you yes. know, they were. CMLL's well, official page. Twitter account just to yeah. chat shit about John Moxley. <laughs> there is a fresh Valador Jr. <laughs> He's probably got a few hundred followers on it just talking yeah. shit about Mox, you know. 
But uh, yeah, man, CML versus Marks in the BCC. Of course, we'll get to that a bit later on. But that is definitely the uh, the direction. Obviously, you got Danielson versus Hetzero. Hetzero, uh, my apologies. Uh, on Saturday on Collision. And then uh, we've, got, uh, we've got another match coming up next week as well, which gets announced later on. But um, yeah, John, what do you think of the angle, mate? I liked it. It did spark a heated debate between my father and I, who was asking why they said Claudio wasn't there when he was clearly in the ring. And that was his that was his take on Christopher Daniels, which was um, an interesting moment. So, just continued debate with me too. He was explaining I was wrong. It was real. <laughs> we'll knock down you know fair but nonetheless um i like the angle but i them being at ringside felt very nitro mm-hmm. and i liked the way that it kind of like it escalated so quickly enough that you could believe they didn't know how to handle it always yeah. a fan of a promotion like empty in the locker room always that's a cool visual hilarious choices to do that here like daddy magic coming out it's like oh man <laughs> you know but but nonetheless um it was like I've always well done. The only thing I'd say is I think the announcers could have put it over better, especially afterwards. Now that isn't really a criticism of their performance in terms of afterwards. They should have been given time to do that, you know. Like, and I, if I missed that, I missed it. But it didn't feel like that was a thing they really emphasized because when you do an angle where the promotion's locker room empties to protect one of the guys, it should really be like you know, should, the show should have to reset for a moment. Unless I missed it, that wasn't the case. But. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good angle and I like the direction a lot. I think it's kind of cool and a fresh thing for Blackpool Combat Clubs to do for a couple of weeks. Definitely. Uh, this, I guess, CMLL-AEW partnership, which was announced like last week when they've done like, the graphic and everything with it. Um, hot start, Charlie. Yeah, this was really exciting. It makes sense that it's Moxie that the like is like the crux of this because if he's been doing these promos for weeks, it's just like you got to step up, like step up or get stepped on. And the CMLL guys they stepped up and stepped on him. It was quite funny actually, but um, yeah, hilarious choices for the rampage match. But the the, the guys coming in, they've got to win at least one of these matches. So you got to do what you got to do when it comes to that. But. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to see where this goes. And I think this is very much us, them getting us ready for them to be involved in Forbidden Door, which will be very exciting. Yeah, man, hopefully, hopefully. Um, but yeah, your hot angle. Maybe. And from the John Moxie promo, which was on our social media, we won't be seeing the BCC um, trying to raid Arena Mexico, just as the CMLL wrestlers raided AEW last night. I think they did a really good job like making them Come, come across as stars on the television show, like come across as people that we need to be interested in. Um, Stomp the shit out of Mox, which is gonna incite a emotion in the AEW fan base. I saw a lot of people saying, like, oh, I gotta, like, I'm not familiar with Hechicero, but I'm gonna go look him up. I'm gonna go see what he, like, what he was up to. And then they they saw that he was, uh, he was like one of the best technicians alive. And they were like, all right, now I, I, I wanna see him wrestle now. Um. Like Joe said, they probably could have done a better job, like um, putting over the angle on the television show, like making it more impactful, like just being like, oh, wow, like weren't expecting that. We invited these guests here and they just beat the shit out of our top baby face. So you can't like, but um, kind of breeze through that. But you know how AW is with their timing and shit. But um, I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to this partnership. Uh, I, I it was it was actually funny because on the um. On Russell Pierce Worldwide, when Rocky came up, he was like, it was with y'all when he was like, uh, oh yeah, the CMLL guys, they could work AEW Dynamite, but probably no AAA guys on that show. 
or if there's triple a guys on their show the cmll guys can't come and then there was there was two triple a talents last night when ty and commander so it looks like there's going to be a lot more leeway than we originally thought when it comes to that which is amazing mm-hmm. yeah of course flexibility is uh you know we've seen a lot of it with AEW when it comes to working with promotions and stuff and uh it's been one of the major selling points of AEW is being able to kind of get these promotions to bend a little bit to work with them even if it does as I always pointed out go against kind of what we may have expected from the promotions especially CMLO and AAA so um We'll see how we'll see how that plays out though. But to kind of touch on the just the way it's like perceived in AEW, like Joe mentioned it, I mentioned it about like how they could just take it a bit more seriously, like when something like this happens. You know, like I love the angle and like what it has ultimately led to with the Blackpool Combat Club versus CMLL, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but part of me does wish that, like, on special occasions like this, you know, like, because this is a special occasion in terms of, like, a hot angle, outsiders coming in, jumping the railing, stomping up on the top baby faces, as I mentioned. I wish it wasn't, like, in its own vacuum, which yeah. I, which uh, AEW does quite a lot. You know, everything seems to be in its own vacuum at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved the con- uh, the commentary to be a lot more pulled and surprised, even apologizing to the audience. For yeah, like I would, I would, have, I would have put the camera yeah. right on like Excalibur Tony's face and been like, "Oh, that was obviously unacceptable. We apologize to our fans at home. We had to watch that and all that stuff." Mm-hmm. Like, really put yeah. the angle over. Even like yeah. a message later from Tony Khan that's like, you know, we at AEW started this partnership and invited Sam Allow to Dynamite yeah. in good faith, and you know, mm-hmm. and. They've obviously abused that, and no matter how they felt provoked, there's no excuse for the actions they took against John Moxley. We're going to be looking into it and discussing it with CMLL. And then, kind of, you could have held off the trios match announcement a little bit, you know, then like after talking with CMLL, da, 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 you right. know what I mean? Then you announce them, mate. And they certainly, like, you know, and I understand they're very, they're like horrified of kind of slowing the show down because of the court rows and stuff, but. It's not like they, uh, it's not like they was short on time, right? Like we just talked about the Jeff Hardy match coming in at fifteen minutes, so it's like they could, they definitely had the time on this show. So yeah, <laughs> and again, it's not so much like this is one example, but they do that is saying they struggle with a lot. Like someone will throw a fireball and they'll cut back to the building and be like, anyway, here Aussie Open, you know, it's like <laughs> you got be if you're gonna do it, like you might as well get some juice out of it. But yeah, it was a good angle anyway. Yeah, like I said, I, I did love the angle and ultimately what what it's led to. You know, Blackpool Comic Club, CMLL, potentially them guys going over to Arena Mexico as well could be like. <laughs> I don't think a lot of AEW fans realise like how incredible that would be. Like Danielson, oh, Mark, you know, in Arena Mexico when it's rocking, yeah. like it has been the past <clears throat> year or so. Like CMLL's been mm-hmm. flying recently, so. Those Arena Mexico shows. Ibu sang it many times, and I'm sure any other fans of Lucha, I know Ibu only watches CMLL from time to time, but they'll tell you, man, CMLL. It's rocking. It's popular at the moment. So, a good partnership, good start to the partnership. And also, during this uh, opening segment match, whatever, it was announced in the corner on commentary that Tony Khan will be having a big announcement next week so before we kind of get into the report and behind it any guesses charlie hmm i wonder what it could be um it's got to be something to do with one of the three talents and based on what's come out today it's got to be mercedes i reckon so 
TD Gardens. Anyone got any uh, surprise predictions? Or we all will kind of have um, a Mercedes. I wouldn't write off Bob Holly, but Mercedes is probably <laughs> favourite right now. <laughs> what if it's yeah. a? Uh, what if it's like Forbidden Door? Then you or? What's my name? You think it's free agent? You think it's definitely Mercedes? You think it's definitely free agent? You think it's definitely Mercedes? Yeah. 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 I mean, we've, right. been, we've been trying to figure out when she would be coming in for a while. Of course. Mm-hmm. And and then we kind of naturally were like. Everyone started looking at March, right? And there's that vacancy in March where there's not a TV booked, and it's like we know we've seen this this play before. It worked very well before. This, you know, I think there's a pretty obvious direction here, and yeah, I mean, I think it could be a. Is actually if they do this correctly, this is this is like big announcement is actually an understatement in this case. Often it's like way right. dramatic, but this is actually a monster if this thing comes together as it should. So I'm excited. Yeah, it's uh. Star power level, she she beats out Danielson, right? Yeah, she's a big like she's just under she's only under punk when it just comes to like star power, like fan mobility, probably. Um Mm -hmm. we saw what um New Japan said about and I I guess you have to attribute some of it to Kenny, but you saw what New Japan said about how um their business was affected on uh what was it, Wrestle Kingdom 2023 when she was Mm -hmm. on the card. Or was announced to just show up. It wasn't even wrestling. So I, I really think we're getting 10k people in the garden. I think it's happening. I think one of the reasons she's such a big signing too is, you know, compared to the names we just mentioned, a lot of her fan base I don't think is are like big AEW fans. No. You know, so no. and that's very different. To like a Danielson. Most of like Danielson's Danielson's big fans would have been would have been very much already like, and that's fine. You know, it was obviously yeah. a, the work he's produced made it you know worthwhile, and then some. But it feels like there's a version of this Mercedes deal that is like an actual game changer of sorts in terms of the business. Now, whether that comes to fruition or not, we will you know time will tell. But but yeah, big one. Yeah, it definitely def- definitely does feel like. It's uh, happening sooner <laughs> rather than later as far as Mercedes to AEW is concerned, uh, especially according to recent reports. Uh, Sean Rossaf, Fightful Select, and Andrew Zarian, actually. Mercedes Monet is expected in AEW in March. Uh, Sean writes, while no one will confirm, it was implied that Tony Khan's announcement next week was related to the impending appearance of Mercedes Monet in AEW. However, it was not said that her signing would be outright mentioned as part of the rumoured announcement. So, probably a Boston venue. Now, name something like... I don't know. Can we, can we throw that around for a minute? You know, everyone... somebody, somebody, mm-hmm. somebody had the statement last night. Somebody yeah, had, that's um... the one I keep seeing. Who wants better than that, too? I just don't remember them for whatever reason. So she doesn't have the the boss thing is no more, right? It's CEO. No, now. Is that CEO. What it? She's the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh... I know a lot of people have joked about the first deposit, which is the funniest one by far. Um, <laughs> the, first the first deposit. Yeah, I've seen that one thrown around a lot, but yeah. I mean, there's um mm. it's interesting. Monty, how confident are you it will be a good name? Before you answer that, Monty, how did you how did y'all feel about the first dance? As Unfortunate. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. I thought it was just whatever. Like I thought it was just like I was very neutral. Yeah. On it. 
I mean, the, the thing is, that proves, or like, before we go any further in this conversation, that proves how little it actually matters, right? Like, right. Well, that, yes. So we're just having fun with this, but yeah, I think it could be a funny name. <laughs> First dance is, uh, yeah. AW Dynamite Break the Bank. Someone said it. Break the bank. <laughs> yeah, the first thing was these cultural point. references that are outdated at that point because the last yeah. dance was outdated when, when that shit came out. We're still doing Winter is Coming. So it's something like two years. <laughs> All that TK just latch on to in this situation. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Hmm. What was the show? Um, they never actually went with it in the end, but what were they going to call the first collision show with Punk? Remember they had like a name trademarked? Wasn't it supposed oh, to be the, uh, this, the, No, it's called... <laughs> I remember this vividly. Me and Manny got some content out of this. Um, the second coming. <laughs> yeah. I remember of... the religious punk pictures, yeah. Yeah, they kind of oh. went away from it, right? They didn't use yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they so. didn't do it. The, tra- the trademark, I'm sure the trademark. Second coming. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully it's a funny name that we can have some fun with and it also draws huge, you know, get the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Money, money hoist. It wouldn't have money straight in it, you know. No, that's way that too would be, that'd be excessive, yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of I mean there's it a few is... people who think it might be a carder, but in, in yeah. regards to the announcement next week, but I think I think, I think a lot of people's yeah. I think a lot of people's assumption is that they they may be announcing a, a Boston. A Boston venue, possibly yeah. the TD Garden. TD Garden is quite sizey though, but if you can get a few thousand people in there, like over five, I'm sure you can make it look good in there, you know. Oh yeah. Um yeah. I I asked my Twitter followers earlier, like how many if say if they were to do the Boston uh T D Garden and strongly hinted at Mercedes Moneno Garda being there, how many tickets do you think they would do? I think the I think the most popular answer was somewhere between five and seven K. So, obviously, there's a few people who think they can do 10K. Uh, the Mercedes one's very... It's an interesting one for me when we talk about Mercedes as a draw because there's the numbers that I mentioned that New Japan would, you know, that they were kind of celebrating when Mercedes was there, you know, and we've seen, you know, I know that the, the Battle in the Valley that sold out with a month in advance, but with the asterisk of it only being, like, what, 2,000 people or something? It was, you know, it was still so, so, yeah, you know, a few thousand people. It weren't really like, you yeah. know, they didn't set out on a arena sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> in WWE, she'd been known to draw good quarters and stuff like that. So we know that she can get subscriptions and, you know, people to tune into TV, but t- buying tickets is a different thing. And because of how she was positioned in WWE, we haven't really, she hasn't really had an opportunity to fully display if she's like a big ticket mover. Right. So it's like, if she can. I'm sure they'll do well, you know, if they did book the TD Garden. But how well, I think, is just, like, completely up in the air because there's no there's no history to refer to of Mercedes Monet as a ticket seller at the top of a card, you know. So, um, we'll see. We'll see. I think it would be... I think, I, I, I think there's going to be a vast difference between what we see with Battle in the Valley and the, and the Boston show because, like, Boston is in the Northeast. There's a, there's a bunch of cities that are just a train w- ride away. With San Jose, and it's our hometown. You have to do the hometown factor as well. Mm-hmm. And it's and and Boston's just like two times bigger than San Jose, two to three times bigger. So, um, 
Well, I think it's it's a definitely in a better location to perform better, and it's yeah, hundred percent. That's without question. So, I, yeah, I think they should be shooting for like eight to nine k. I, I hope they don't overcharge people on this show. Just get yeah. people in the building. They need to just get people in the building in general. I saw the tickets for that New Orleans show, and they, the prices were they were disgraceful, bro. I was like. It, it was like $150 and it wasn't even like the front row. It wasn't even like the first two rows. I was like, I don't understand. This is definitely a, I don't get it. I don't get it. Especially yeah. when you have the TV deal coming in that by every every outlet that's talking that's talks about this TV deal <laughs> says AW is gonna make hand over fist in this deal. So why are you like nickel and diamond on these fucking gates? I don't, even, I don't even if even if they weren't getting a big increase on the deal, which is absolutely expected at this point when it when it so happens to come out. But like, even with what is it, forty-five million a year? I think they're getting a little bit extra now because they're in an option year. Yeah. Um, with and then even even well. with that, it's not like you know, like Joe. It's not like the territories, brother, where you live and die on your ticket sales and you need to try no. and bleed as much as you can out like, the house. They Tony Khan don't matter. Yeah, Tony it, Khan it was, and AEW are just not in the fucking deal. Like, they just don't matter. The gates yeah. do not matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I don't the, know. Like, I mean, the big money from the TV deal, so it's like you don't need to bleed. I don't know who's advising AEW and Tony Khan in regards to ticket pricing and stuff, but they don't need to be trying to bleed every last dollar out of, yeah. um, out of you know out of the ticket buyers <laughs> because the yeah. houses are in no position to be trying that. As I always said, just get people in the building, man. No, it would help a lot. It really I remember would. first year AEW was basically like freed again. You could get in for like $15 if you wanted to watch a fucking yeah. AEW show. Mm-hmm. The cheapest tickets they had for the New Orleans show was like 25 which isn't a crazy increase, but once you get closer and closer and closer, it just gets more absurd. Yeah. Is it, So I may be mistaken on this, but I think I read earlier this week, WrestleTicks were talking about how they've stopped like because for a while there, they were cutting the prices when the show got close, right? And it seems like that's... Mm-hmm. So I do wonder if we're in a little bit of a middle ground here because the fellow they just hired to take to run the events, obviously he's he hasn't actually taken... Like, he hasn't gone into effect yet, right? In terms of his, the shows he's booked. We're still mm-hmm. with the shows that were... So I do wonder if that adjustment is kind of going to try and reset things when they get to his shows because... One of the issues, while it was better for fans, and obviously that's you know the most important thing to me, the issue of the way they were doing it with the with the cut in the prices was, like, if you paid you know 150 bucks to sit in a certain seat, and then everyone sitting in front of you paid 20, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. person who paid 150 ain't gonna be right. So that's why that's always complicated. So hopefully we're just in like a middle ground, and when we get to shows that are going on sale now, you know the prices will be more reasonable from the start, so they don't have to be slashed in the final. A couple of weeks or whatever, because like, look, this is not a podcast where we delve deep into like the business metrics and stuff. But I think we can all agree as people that watch the show, it would be nice if it looked, you know, a little a little fuller. It would help yeah. everyone, especially. And we talked about this last week with their production choices as of late, with how much like the barricades got fucking lighting on it and everything. The yeah. ring is like a toy set now, and that is even more jarring when the house is pretty dark, right? So hopefully, um. <laughs> Hopefully, things are kind of moving in the right direction without once we get to this new regime, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, they are. I always see people talking about the AEW ticket prices, which I just don't think they're a company to be in a position to have fans complaining about ticket prices, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
They're still a new company, bro. You know, from merch as well. Like, I don't understand why their ticket prices are so high. Like, even ignoring the TV deals and that, their merch, like, they make so much money off of that. I don't understand, like, what their need is for these ticket prices. It's very weird. It's also tough for the wrestlers too. They're, luckily, AEW's product is such that the people make a lot of noise for their show. Like Saturday was crazy when the Rumble was on because if you were flicking back and forth, the Collision crowd was louder than the Rumble crowd, yeah, and there was were. you know <laughs> forty eight thousand less people. Or it was. <laughs> but you know, I think we've all kind of heard this anecdotally. For the wrestlers, it is difficult to work that way when you're when you're working to the camera and there's no one there. That is hard. Like. Not in yeah. a dunk way. I hate when people do that shit as like a you know a dunk on a. It's, it's lame to me. But just for a talent, it is difficult. You know, it's kind yeah, of uh, especially for young wrestlers. It's not great for your confidence. You know, so, so yeah, there's there's a bunch of reasons this pair to just fill the fill the place up. But hopefully, it starts soon. We'll see, we'll see. Maybe do you think they're definitely? But if they let's say they are booking a Boston venue, do you think it's definitely the TD Garden, or do you think they'll no, look yeah. into other? I imagine so. I think it would have to be. There are other. There are other. Uh, venues in Boston, they're just like they're not like there's no fame or like legacy to them, and nobody gives a yeah. fuck. Like I don't, yeah. and they're not they're not in Boston. They're in the Boston like metro area. They're in just like Massachusetts and shit like that. And right. I, would people be willing to travel there? Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking of hopping on the Amtrak and going up to Boston for this show. I'm not going to Worcester, bro. Like it's not <laughs> it's not fucking happening. Like I'm not going to Amherst, Massachusetts. Yeah. So. Tony loves run, his iconic venues. They've run TD Garden before, right? Yes, yes. Blood and Guts yeah. last year. They got like you know nine, nine and a half K in there yeah. or something. Yeah, they'll definitely run. Yeah, yeah, nine, I think it was. Yeah, they'll definitely yeah. run that building then. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. Um, all right, let's uh, since since that was quite a substantial break from the AW Dynamite show, even though we was kind of talking about Dynamite, still do a few super chats. Will Chisholm, five dollars. Appreciate you as always. Cody's face was like dudes being. Cody's face was like how dudes be trying to holler at a girl, but she doesn't want to be mean and turn them down. <laughs> Cody, Look, man, I'll, I'll, I'll speak for the entire panel here when I say we want to <laughs> see the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes face to face against Seth Weekend Rollins at WrestleMania. Book it. <laughs> I do not co-sign Book it. <laughs> I definitely I do not co-sign it. <laughs> Phantom FTW two pounds. Wishing AO, Mantel, Joe, and Charlie happy Black History Month. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that, Phantom. Match on 84, 199. When he's healthy, Omega versus Valador Jr. equals dream match. Yeah, that would be great, man. Valador. If Valador can go, brother, then obviously yeah, Kenny goes about saying. Missing him. Andrew and B torn meniscus wallahi I'm finished. I just saw that. Yeah. Bro. He was having such a good year too. It's just never gonna be, bro. It's never it's never gonna be. <laughs> never it just be. is what it is. It just is what it is. It's we are absolutely gonna be one of those thirty for thirty what if episodes, you know? It's, it's, I um... just I just hope that like some like two young superstars or whatever would just like carry and be to a ring. When he's like fucking yeah. thirty six or whatever the fuck, I just I just want him to win. Yeah, it's not CM Punk, you know. <laughs> what a what a piece of shit. 
<laughs> anyway, that's AEW Dynamite. Um, all right, similar guys, AEW, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Hangman Adam Page versus Toa Leona. <laughs> oh, yeah. This what a was, moment this was. This was a victory for all elite wrestling, you know. As Sometimes, my friend Joe likes to say, a triumph of professional wrestling. <laughs> Uh, sometimes you gotta give one of your top guys just some big crazy fucker to work with too. Just see what happens, see what they can get out of them. So then you know, the results the results do vary quite a lot across different top guys across the business, you know. But last night Hangman Adam Page did some great work, ladies and gentlemen, you know. Toa Leona, what a beast. Ayo, what did you think of this? Bro, so like you sometimes you just gotta take these guys that you you like or maybe you think you could like him one day you just throw him in the fucking fire bro tell him to go 15 minutes with the hangman fucking page let's see what happens i i love this match i like i i want to see way more totally owner now like i i like conwell enough and i do like get to agony whenever they have a match i think we put them over but I want, I want to see Tony on a, go through all the top guys now. I want to see, I want to see that Mox match. I want to see fucking, yep. I want to see Russell Kenny when he gets back. I want to see the Danielson match. Like he went out there and he he maximized his minutes. He he got over his fuck on Twitter. I saw I saw drone accounts being like, oh my god, what if what if Solo was like this guy? Like even the drones <laughs> were like shaking in their boots <laughs> over there and shit. Like like these guys didn't know who Tony Ono was three weeks ago, bro. They, they didn't give a fuck. But um, I, I I really think that going to Japan helped his work because like he wasn't really doing like the Samoan shoot headbutts and shit like that. Those corner headbutts that was really wasn't in his bag. He pulled out a fucking moonsault to the outside out of his ass. Like where did that fucking come from, bro? I I I, I want to see more Toa Leona, more Toa Leona in twenty twenty four. Cool, Um, yeah, Joe uh, Hangman. Southless performance, man. Like, he really let yeah. Toa Leona beat the fucking shit out of him for a yeah. big chunk of this match, didn't he? He wasn't. He was in fear of going full nerd. Like, you could see he was, like, he was calling this, too, which was interesting to watch because Toa, calling a match with Toa Leona is, like, you know, <laughs> it appears to be, like, trying to wrangle. Like, a, he's, he's so wild, you know? But this is the most, even though it, it was very well channeled in that he still maintained that, like, crazy intensity but this is the most focused i think he's ever looked in a, in a wrestling ring and i said someone who's always enjoyed tarleana since he first appeared on a dark um episode so yeah hit, there's something to totally owner there's like there is money there and i don't necessarily know what the package is and what the ceiling is but like there are a lot of wrestlers who are put in this spot of lose match to star that you can kind of bunch together and they wrestle very similarly. But Tony Owner feels more and more like a little bit of an outlier in modern wrestling. You know, he's kind of a throwback. And this match was honestly a throwback. This was old school wrestling TV. You know, the baby face killing a, a heel monster that's associated with his, with the guy's heel rival. Like, and they, they hit the beat the hell out of each other. Toa was, had a busted mouth at the end, right? They were physical mm-hmm. in there. Hangman always brings it in that regard. So when you put him with a big man, like, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be magic. This is my favorite thing on the show, honestly. And the main event was really good, and we'll get to that. It was really fun too. But this was like, yeah, this felt like some old school like TV main event of you from yesteryear. You know, it was just <laughs> classic pro wrestling situation. Well, I can't underrate 
the last couple of months of Hangman Page has had as well, bro. Like this, yep. this whole like yeah. character and demeanor shift thing where he's just like, yo, I'm I'm pissed off and an ass kicker all the time. Like this is some of my favorite stuff in wrestling in in years and years. I I, I every time Hangman's on TV, like he's gonna fucking bring it now. I love this shit. I'm so yeah. happy he's not doing any more sad boy shit. Yeah. He's very locked in right now. It's awesome. He is Charlie. He is. And uh, I'm sure you enjoyed seeing him try and wrangle Toa Leona, as Joe said. It went a bit longer than I thought it would. But every time I was just like, well, this is the closing stretch. Toa Leona had some awesome reversal for whatever Hangman was trying to do. I was like, fuck, okay, we're still going. But um, no, I really like this match. I think Toa Leona looked great here. And Hangman always looks great when you give him matches like this. And the thing that really stood out to me, Tommy Leona made Hangman look small. And Hangman's not a small guy. Like, it's very impressive for someone to be able to do that. So, yeah. You guys pretty much nailed it, though. This match was pretty beast. I want to see Tommy Leona wrestle pretty much anyone. They'll throw it in Mal, to be honest. <laughs> and Hangman hitting with the dead eye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he just pounced like a head in him. <laughs> Oh I, pop, I popped huge on the watch along for that. Mm-hmm. I thought that was match. I was like, yeah, it's over. <laughs> this, this is, before I go any further, I want to know this is a long time away what I'm about to, to suggest, but the idea of eventually the Mogul Embassy turning on Tolly Owner and him being like this wild, unhinged baby face chasing after Swerve <laughs> Strickland. Now, again, folks, long time away. It's the kind of thing, if you told that, like, a Wardlow-style story with that, I think the people would get with that. This fella wrestles in a way that I think people are ready to cheer, you know? Like, he's... There is just a raw energy and intensity that dude. Now, is he the cleanest worker? No, but that's the appeal, right? Mm. He feels like he's just making shit up. He just let's do a moonsault. Fuck it, you know? And that's the beauty of it, man. The wild, man. It's like... Like a more polished version of him is like a Jacob Fatu almost. Yeah. You know, like in terms of like explosiveness and even like some of the moveset, you know, like literally, especially last night, literally like the moonsaults and shit, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, man, as Joe mentioned, I think there is quite a lot of. There's potential there, Joe, in the big yeah. man. Yeah, well, the, the opposite there. would be, you know, because they love Swerve already. The idea of when you're ready to break Swerve away from Prince Nana and make him a baby face. Maybe Toe is the one that kills Swerve and that becomes Prince, like, you know, lead, um, you know, wrestler. So there's, again, this is all stuff that's way down the line. We need to see him in more singles matches before you start doing that kind of angle. But I just think there's something there. And that's not a slight of Bishop Khan, who I think a lot of, actually. I think Bishop Khan's got, he's got a lot of potential also. But man, there's something there, I think. There's a physical charisma that jumps off the page. Absolutely. Um but yeah, really good showing for him. Uh, first time he's pinned in AEW, I believe, as well. So, yeah. And um, you know, of, of course, like we've swerved setting him up with this match. Of course, totally on had to come out strong, but again, thought it was worth emph- emphasizing just how good of a job Hangman did with this and just making him look like fucking prime Umaga <laughs> for like yeah. a majority of this match. You know, so yeah, good good performance on both sides. You know. Nicholas is it Nick yeah it's Nicholas Lee Jackson mm-hmm. Matthew Run John Jackson the young bucks mm-hmm. have arrived to the arena Two professionals 
<laughs> they arrived to the arena, suited and booted in a limo, greeted by one of the crew members who this this just incompetent member of staff calls them Nick and Matt. And they were livid with this. So you know what this staff member got? He got fine, Joe Hulbert. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and he must be powered by the end of the day. But yeah, man, they're just kind of walking around. Swaggering around, you know, like uh, I don't know. How how would you even describe it? <laughs> how do you even describe it? It's popping me though, Charlie. It's popping me. Mm-hmm. It's very very funny. I, it's it hasn't lost its appeal yet for me. I, it will probably last longer for me than a lot of people, anyways. But it's just then leading into how ridiculous it is. In but like it's not overtly like oh my god we're taking shots at people so. I don't know, I'm very much enjoying it. Nicholas Lee and Matthew Ronchon Jackson. <laughs> Fucking incredible. They're the, that's their shoot middle names as well. It's very funny. <laughs> what, Ronchon's a shoot? Yes. That's what's in the it, book, Matthew, bro. It, what's it? Matthew Ronchon Massey. Yeah. His name. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, oh, brother. Hey, take it easy. <laughs> What's this, what's, this, what's this Massey talk you... What is this? What's, what's is, this is this the Observer? What the fuck's going on here, bro? <laughs> you, call, you call him by his God-given name. Birth what the fuck? Bro, I thought, I thought they were going to pull out like fake birth certificates. They, said, oh, that, they had like a sheet of paper in the hand. Mm-hmm. So like, I thought that's what it was going to be. But... They're full yeah. goatees now as well. We've evolved from the yeah. moustaches, which I will oh, say yeah. is an improvement. Is, is Matthew's goatee painted on? What the fuck? <laughs> it's something. It's something. <laughs> that shit is painted on. <laughs> yeah, what right. a beast. Oh, my I think, God. I think it's if you can't tell people, we're, we're quite enjoying this young books. Um, this, what, what, what do we call it? Character arc <laughs> going on right now. <laughs> Uh, Joe, we were talking about like how it could potentially spiral into something quite dangerous, <laughs> you know, in terms of uh, quality. Mm-hmm. Haven't got there yet. It's still, you know, it's still fun getting our pops in, you know. Yeah. Well, it's also, it's like they had two segments this week, but none of these segments are long. Mm-hmm. So I actually have enjoyed them all, but even if these were things that I wasn't into, like, they're not stopping They're not the whole show. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. It's like, and I do think, what are we on, like week three of this now, whatever. I do think they are doing a good job of like walking that kind of tightrope of this makes sense even if you're not, you know, aware of every single thing that's been reported about every wrestler ever, you know? Like it's like it works in a vacuum and obviously it has different context otherwise. So that's the key to me. So, yeah, I like this. And it's also, you know, it's fun to see them doing something different and, it doesn't feel like they're overreaching in, for the sake of like reinvention, right? It still feels like something that suits their skill set and is natural for them. So, yeah, I, I'm enjoying it for sure. Yeah, Nick, Nicholas Lee, Matthew Ranjan. Um, there was a there was a report that came out of the Bucks camp last night that Monty didn't aggregate for some reason. I don't know why, <laughs> but um, a report from the Bucks camp. Sources are saying that Matthew and Nicholas are handing out fines backstage today. The locker room is embracing this new stern policy. One source noted it feels good to be taken to take a little accountability. You see, you see how you see how Matthew and Nicholas they come back 
They put their foot down. They put their boots down. The shows get better. The, there's there's less leaks out of the locker room. There's less there's there's less nonsense. Nobody's attacking people backstage. Nobody's gotten bitten. It's just it's just professionals going to work, putting on good wrestling television. Hey. Yep. You know. Well said, boy. Um, trying to think of a long name for AO. Adrian Oak. Adrian Oakley. <laughs> 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 of wrestle my, god, give, my god given name yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right let's uh go into super chats again keep them coming people we'll read them like throughout the dynamite review we'll, we'll try and uh do it as best as we can marcus rashford five dollars he's had an interesting few days ayo ayo <laughs> this bald wrestler with a mustache gave me this drink called tequila said you were friends this stuff is amazing in it Rashford scored, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him a pass on this. Also, I didn't think I didn't think you'd be in the same circles as Hulk Hogan. That's cool, bro. Hope y'all uh oh hope y'all a good time. <laughs> Hulk Hogan famously a better person than Dax Harwood. <clears throat> oh, hold on. That call for the end. <laughs> You said the whole thing and then called. This is this is shocking. Shocking. Famously yeah. a better person than Dax. Yes. Dax, you know, good 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 friend of the channel. You know. Um, well. He has been listing us among like ESPN, like ESPN and yeah. New York. Oh, that is pretty cool. We, I think we can all agree on Oh, I, I got much love for Dax, man. Look, just, bro, you know. The least that Mark can do is put us over. <laughs> Look, he owes us. Yeah. <laughs> yo, yo, Monty keeps going into the, the, the files, erasing shit, counting some votes, not counting the others, just to make FTR tag team of the year. The least he could do is put us over, <laughs> tag us on post. You know what I'm saying? The files. <laughs> the least you know, the WrestleFurious office, you know, like. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying, if you count only the legal votes, some people are saying your bus won tag team of the year last year. <laughs> Short tail spurs, five dollars. Kind of shocked that Hangman still doesn't have the crowd fully behind, though I think things are trending in the right direction. Swerve's just Swerve's just oh. over as well, bro. So yeah. it's, it's and Samoa Joe is in that picture. It's a real yes. be the baby face in a few with two heels like Swerve and Samoa Joe is really difficult, especially when you've been a baby face the entire run of the promotion. Like, yeah, yeah you may have to. Uh, you really may have to flip him and swerve at some point, and I completely get why there'd be hesitance. I know, Charlie, you've been kind of leaning in that direction for a while, but it, it does feel like that's kind of a natural route here. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the cool heel problem is a real problem, and he's he's going against two yeah. cool heels right now. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I think I think he's doing great though. I don't think I don't think. Oh yeah, uh, he's performing issue. Great. It was dueling mm-hmm. cowboy yeah. shit and uh, whose house, swerve's house, chance and shit. It's just it's yeah. just swerve's just yeah. It's, it's just, the his rise is just incredible. It's just where the momentum is. Like in terms of performance, right. this is the most interesting and compelling hangman's been in a long time because as you right. said, he's just simplified his game. He's now just an ass kicker, which is what I think a lot of us wanted. So yeah, it's not a reflection of him. It's just. Swerve a lot of people wouldn't be the champ, right? They're ready for it. So yeah, it happens. Uh Frank Aguilera, I believe I'm saying that right. 499. Appreciate you. Week two of my agenda of trying to get the first deposit 
over as the Boston show name. Also, money. I don't hate it. Money. I don't know. I think no, I'm, I'm not mad at it. doesn't know what Joe said, though, bro. It doesn't really matter as long as it makes some kind of yeah. sense. Right. You know? <laughs> it is, though, like, and I'm sure other people have kind of cool names for this. I haven't got one, but, like, you know, when you're doing the money puns, like, Okada, there's some, you do something with that, you know? It could be pretty. Mm-hmm. That would be a wild TV episode to have both of those two come in on the same night. Like, and you could definitely brand it in a way that kind of works towards that. So, hundred percent. Yeah. Zora Heart, ten dollars. Appreciate you as always. As a Phoenix native, I'm lit for next week. On that note, do you guys think maybe Diana should win at Revolution? My name facing Tony could be okay, but it could also be horrible. Fifty-fifty with this yeah. gimme. Uh, this is something we brought up. A week or two ago? About... Yeah, I think last week's show, maybe. Yeah, we yeah. were talking about, you know, obviously, I know everyone loves Tony at the moment, but the same issues that I feared she'd kind of have as being, like, the spearhead of the division, mm-hmm. of, like, yeah. this is our embodiment of the division sort of thing. Like, Tony Storm is a gimmick now, and although she is a good in-ring worker, the gimmick obviously is, plays a big part <laughs> of her in-ring work now, so it's not quite the same. So, um... If you if you need like a nice transitional champion before you get it onto Mercedes <laughs> to avoid Mercedes doing all like the Tony Storm shtick and stuff like that, if you want to put the belt on her straight away, which honestly I think they should. Put it on Diana. Like a month, but they did just bring know? back the rankings. I guess they don't want to bury those immediately. But I think True. I think if they do a double turn here with Diana and Tony. And do yeah. like make this Mercedes chase into a real story. I, I think we're cooking with yeah. gas here. That's the plot. I don't think yeah, this needs also... to be elongated or anything like that, but yeah. The Tony thing too is like you don't have to sacrifice what Tony's doing. <clears throat> you can just her and Mariah can pivot off into their own thing. Right. Yeah. Without having the belt. Because again, like I I just think it would be a mistake to immediately put Mercedes in what at core will have a lot of comedy in it. You know, mm. it's like yeah. Mercedes title program should feel like a major big time prize fight. Right. Now, is Deonna at a point as a star where that's natural? No, but she's a lot easier to like, you know, push so. up in that way and promote that way because mm. you can promote her as this technical wrestler. And, this, and again, is it is it perfect? Um, not necessarily. I do think it's way more natural than than Tony, than Timeless Tony. Yeah, that's not a reflection like- of Tony as a wrestler. It's just, as you said, the gimmick. I could do like... You know, Brian Daniels and everyone who wrestles him, it's like, oh, see who the best wrestler is in the world and all that. Mm-hmm. Like you could you could you could try to play that off with Diana as well. You got Diana yeah. and Mercedes fighting for a belt. You could you could definitely go down that route. You could yeah. sell that. Whereas as mentioned, if you do it with Tony, although I know some people may even think Tony's better in ring when she's like fully locked in and not doing so much uh, gimmick stuff. It's a it's, it's a hard sell at the moment because it's so comedic and it's all, that's what people want to see Tony do as well. I'm not saying Tony should switch anything she's doing right no. now. I'm just not sure if her being the spearhead of the division, the leader of the division, the example of the division is quite <laughs> the right choice at the moment from yeah. when you're looking to have Mercedes coming. In fear of getting ahead of ourselves, I think it's very apparent, if indeed that she's coming back, you know, somewhat soon. It is very apparent that the thing that you should have locked in ahead of your women's division, you need to, by the time you get to Wembley, it needs to be Mercedes and Jamie. Yeah. And yes. more specifically, 
by the time we get there, that should feel like the main event match. We'll be in real. Yeah, with like Jamie having like the world behind right. her and like Jamie should yeah. be built up to that point as well. You can promote both parts of that main event match, you know, with our, like coming over here and doing the press here and like that, that to me is that's where you're like going. So to me, the getting the belt on Mercedes is almost just like, you know, that's like the box you just got to tick to, to get in that direction. Because that's, a, yeah. if you promote that correctly, I think that is like a monster match. I genuinely, yeah. I mean, could you imagine Mercedes working here at Wembley Stadium, like leaning into the reaction, how much fun she'd have with that? Yeah. Like, that's blockbuster. That's as big good as it gets to me. So, yeah. Honestly, I might just have Tony retain, say she's want to do an open challenge in two weeks and just have Mercedes come in and kick her ass. Yeah. You could do that, yeah. 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 I think that the thing I with prefer that is, to uh, a program between the two, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all, with Mercedes at this point, it's like, the, the beauty of her as a signing is, it's when she's actually in the game, right? It's like, we're having a fun time talking about all these possibilities, but the real fun is going to be, hopefully in a few months when we're coming into these Thursday reviews and it's like, there was a Mercedes TV main event this week, there was a title defense in the open world. That's when things are going to really pick up because once the bell yeah. rings, her, her value will increase, you know? So getting the belt on her, as you said, you can do that on night one for me. I'm fine with that. She can, she can wrestle yeah. everyone in that division. It'd be interesting. So, yeah. Uh, Madison 84, 199, appreciate it. Odds on Okada, odds on Okada wrestling in Books' gear on AEW TV. <laughs> I mean, a non-zero chance, but I don't think you'd actually do it. You know? Yeah, I don't think you would actually. The trios is definitely happening. All three of them have, yeah. talk, talk, have spoken about how they want that, but uh, in the, in the gear, I don't think so. You might get something matching. He won't actually wrestle in that gear. It'd be funny, though. Bruh, 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 499, appreciate you. Need Nick to match Matt's level of dickishness in these segments. I think they play off each other pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nick's never really been the promo guy, so. Yeah, they, like I said, I think, I think they, they play off each other pretty well at the moment, so. Uh, Will Chisholm, two dollars appreciate it. Is Okada to lock to AEW like I'm saying? It is, uh, as of right now, today, as of what we're aware, no. Um. Although he's a favorite, although AEW is the favorite to land Okada, it's not as um, you know, it's not as I know Mercedes. As far as we know, or can officially report, we don't know she's signed for right. AEW as of right now. But in terms of momentum, it's like anyone you ask, it's like you know, it's pretty much as done of a deal as they can say it is. You know, yeah. Um, whereas Okada, again. Although AEW is the favourite to land him, it's not quite. It's um, not quite the same level of confidence. Although there is still strong confidence, you know. And um, I think PW Insider said, uh, and everyone knows that they're really great with the WWE scoops. And it was something along the lines of, if WWE and Okada have had conversations that weren't very extended. You know, uh, I know Sean reported earlier this week as well, but WWE and Okada have had conversations. But even in that same report, I think Sean was like, you know, AEW are the favourites and they're very confident, etc., etc. So, um, not quite the same as Mercedes, but the feeling is they are very confident as well. And um, it doesn't seem like WWE are going to fight like, super strong for him, you know. Um, so, it makes more sense as well, I guess, you know. Yeah, for him, yeah, 
for the companies as well. I think I think Okada is, even though I do think AEW would be more willing to pay more for Okada than WWE would, but I do I think he's he's worth more to AEW than he is to WWE because their audience yeah. already know him. They already perceive him as a star. Um, me and Joe have had this conversation like five times over the past couple of months. But it's like Okada would have to like work pretty much from the ground up in WWE and get over again. And even if he gets yeah. over, are they going to see him as like the rainmaker? You know, like yeah. are they? You know, that's a, they might just see him as like, you know, even when Shinsuke got super over, he, he never quite got there. You yeah, know, he was never the, he was never really the king of strong style in WWE. <clears throat> Although well, he did, he had he when he was hot, he was hot, you know. Like when he won the Rumble, everyone was expecting to mm-hmm. win at Mania, and when he didn't win at Mania, that was really deflating, you know. So um, yeah, that, that one report, I don't remember where it came from. It might have been PW Insider, but it was there was one report that was like basically where they're at is either either Tony Khan gives uh, Okada generational wealth and he accepts it. Or Okada just wants to be a WWE superstar. Like it's like it's like he has to choose. They're just like they're just like yeah, WWE is absolutely not gonna match whatever offer AEW gives them. And I was just, I was, they're still working with like this. Oh well, hopefully he's a Mark mentality, which is which is crazy to me. I thought that would die with Vince, but you no, know, thankfully he doesn't. Hey man, we'll see. Uh, we'll see where he ends up. Seems like. Most people's guess would be AEW for Ricardo. Yes. Uh, so, Jizzle, $5. Appreciate you as always. Mercedes versus Jamie. Main event in Wembley would be the most. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Move TK. Could do. I mean, quite the move for him to do, definitely. And if yeah. built correctly, that definitely has main event of Wembley potential, I think. You know, yeah, uh, the AEW fans love Jamie Hayter. And I think a program with Mercedes, as uh, I think Joe mentioned earlier when we were talking about all the new wives Mercedes could bring to AEW, he's like, you know, Jamie impresses under those. It just helps to. And what a story, you know, too, right? Yeah. Jamie working back towards the Wembley show she missed. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. You tell that story correctly. That's a that's a monster. I'm convinced of it. I, I'm yeah. damn it's a hot take. I think. You know, yeah, I, know. I think she had her figures made and everything for that show. She was ready yeah. to go. Yeah, and in terms of like, I say this with all respect to Will Ospreay, <laughs> Jamie Hayter, I think, is someone I'd be a lot quicker to be sending to do like, you know, national media. Yes. <laughs> bless yes. Will, but I, ain't, I don't mean that would be his bag. So, um, I need I need the Billy Goat on the morning TV circuit. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine him talking to Lorraine about graphs. God bless. That'd be fucking hilarious. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that'd be something. That would definitely end up being like a viral clip of someone saying something they shouldn't on TV. But yes. God bless. <laughs> Fucking spills beans on his pants. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine they send him to loose women? Someone said, "What's god. the bloody update on Jamie Hater?" Anyway, been gone too long. No one knows, bro. No know. one knows. Okay. Charlie always says, Charlie, I know tested this, bro. Like, Every now and again, I'll be like, what's going on with Jamie Hayter? And anytime any of us ask around, it's kind of just like, you know, there's even no there's e- there's even no update or no update that they can give sort of mm. thing, yes. you know? So who knows? That could mean really bad or that could mean 
she's going to be yeah, back in the next month or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Who knows what that could mean? It could mean anything. So um, They've been yeah, silent about Jamie since she went out. Like, I never even, I don't know if anyone else did, but I never even, like, got confirmation on what she injured, like, what the injury actually was. It was, it was like, her all I heard. Yeah, that's why I'd heard, I'd heard back and shoulders, so it could be both. Like, yeah. oh, I don't know. I just hope she's back soon, bro. I miss Jamie Hayes so I, bad. I might be imagining this, but I think there was one update where people were like, Jamie Hayter's like progressing nicely or something. Would they AW expects her back like soonish or something like that? Tony, t- no, Tony Khan said something like Jamie will be back. Like he was just kind of flippantly saying it, though. We weren't like. You know, this is an update on Jamie Hay. Oh, okay. like, he was kind of talking about. I think he was talking about people coming back from injury or how stacked the division is, and he was like, "Yeah, Jamie Hay as soon as well." And um, I think that might have been at the World's End. Um, okay. Yeah. Media scrum yeah. or something. But, I would yeah, like to know. Um, I very seldom respond to the chat like this, but this was important. I'm not being elitist <clears throat> in my dismissal of Will Ospreay. He's literally from the exact same region as me. He just is. He has quite colourful language. And uh, that was my point. I wasn't like going for the dude's accent. He literally has like the same one as me. So <laughs> I would like to note weird. that, you know. I mean, even even Will in the past has been like, oh, this whole no swearing thing. Like, I'm going to have to get used to this. Yeah, that was what I was getting at. I wasn't talking about the dude's accent. That would be hilarious coming from me. He's literally from the same fucking place as me. So, And the reason he shouldn't be on is the same reason I just said fuck. So anyway, proceed with his program, Monty. Happily. <laughs> Wardlow. Oh. Wardlow defeats Commander, and uh, yeah, these Wardlow matches recently have been kind of interesting in the sense that like, you would expect with the way they've been presenting him outside of the matches that these would be squashes, but they're not. <laughs> you know, he kind of goes out there and wrestles around a bit, and you know, killed. He will take the majority of the match, but there'll be a little bit of shine. You know what I mean, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, even though Wardlow dominated. Commander did get some offense in there, and uh, I guess the story coming out of the match is as Wardlow was delivering the final power bomb to Commander, his knee, his right knee, just gave out on him, bro. And um, he didn't fully fall with him or anything like that, though. He kind of stumbled back and finished giving the power bomb, finished the match, pinned him one, two, three, and um, you could see it on his face immediately after the match, man. It was brutal. Yes. He, I think he mouthed "fuck" like yes, yeah. he did. <laughs> whilst he was on hard cam as well, so. Uh, that was quite the indication, but it was legitimate, you know. But even even when you, when you watched it, like the GIF I posted on the WrestlePurious account, because it's in kind of like slow enough motion, you can, you can tell that his knee just act legitimately does just give out from under him. Um, I think yeah, on Wrestling Observer Radio earlier on today, well last night in American time, Brian Alvarez said that uh, Wardlow did Wardlow did a tweet like you know my knee's fine or something like that, and mm-hmm. Wardlow was like basically we've heard that that isn't the case to worry that it might be a meniscus tear or something like that but it isn't as bad as uh as feared you know so we'll have to wait and see really what's going on with Wardlow because this would be another injury in the same storyline which would be very unfortunate unfortunate for said storyline Charlie what's up (laughs) I was just the chat reminded me that uh the Announcer botched and called him Mr. Wardlow last night, and it's oh, just got yeah, me tickling yeah. again. Please, no, Mr. Ward. So unfortunate. You're not catching Joe. No, the, the announcer, bro, when, when oh, she was announcing it. Oh, yeah, she was, like, the she was like, Mr. Wardlow. Oh, Mr. Mayhem. <laughs> 
Was it was it Justin or uh, was it Dasha? No, it was Dasha. Hey, Dasha. It was Dasha. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Mayhem. Yeah, I would like you're, to clarify. Uh, I wasn't laughing about Wardlow being injured. I was just laughing about no, the Mr. Yeah. Wardlow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could just see well, what, what a series of unfortunate events. I was like, is she okay? <laughs> <laughs> first, 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 Wardlow has to has to follow Toro Leona. Then he then he gets called Mr. Wardlow. Then he ha- then he wrestles like Marco Wardlow, and then he gets injured. It's just it's just the hits just keep coming. Yes, unfortunate. That's quite the unfortunate. Yeah, this uh, this MJF Devil storyline. The devil's the devil's injured. MJF's injured, devil's and now it looks like the the heavy. For the devil, is also injured. It's, it's fucking brutal. brutal, mate. Yeah, it's like you know. Before we go any further and into the match and all that, I was like, obviously, we hope Wardlow's okay. I mean, that was yeah, that was a weird one too, right? Those ones almost scare you more, mm-hmm. right? That was like yeah. So yeah, hopefully Wardlow's okay. But um, this whole thing is like this needs some help. I feel you know this like this feels like. Such an unimportant part of the show. Um, and Adam Cole. Get Adam is, Cole off TV, bro. You can't just win him to the I fucking agree. That's and crazy. Is, I'm t- like, I completely get what their logic is. Cole is a good promo. Let's keep him on TV and let him be the. But the visual, I just think, is really bad for what they're trying to achieve. Clutching around the arenas, wheeling to the ring. It's crazy, bro. Like, I'm supposed to be taking y'all seriously. Your leader's crippled. Yeah. He's and he isn't to me anyway. He isn't getting like chicken shit heel heat out of it either. Of like, no. oh, they can't get to him because he's you know he's protected. Like he's just kind of, I don't know. It's a, it's a um, it's a it's once. a tough one. Yeah, what with the when uh, is, yeah, and Doc Samson was like, you can't touch him. He's not cleared. Like they did it once. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, mate. It's, it's not it, the act enough. needs some help. I mean, I don't it's think any of us surprised. The main event here, is it? No, I don't think any of us surprised by that. And obviously, the uh, you know Max not being around, like the whole thing is just you know it's very very difficult to navigate. I don't know what the right answer is. Um, there probably isn't one. It's probably just a question you should have never asked to begin with. But <laughs> yeah, it's tough. I the match itself, uh, I thought had like some nice bursts. You know, when Wardlow would, like, catch him with a big counter. But it's... Yeah. I don't seem to quite know how Wardlow should be wrestling in this role. And it is... It has to be said... And the, a lot of this isn't even his fault. We talk about it all the... You know, all the time about the way you kind of... They killed his... You know, his momentum. But it is crazy, the crowd's reaction to the, to the way he currently wrestles compared to where he used to be. Like, it's actually jarring. You know? Like, he's out there, like, taunting and flexing. And the people are just kind of... You know, like, just kind of just sitting there. It's... It's weird. So yeah, it just the yeah. presentation isn't working, and then yeah, I think they need to like figure out kind of what this should look like until MJF's back. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully they do figure it out because they're gonna have to go to the drawing board again if Wardlow's gonna have to be out of action, you know? Cause, yeah, yeah. And obviously after the match, you know, um, they draw jumping commander, all of them, and then uh, Orange Cassidy and. Rapongi vote, yeah. 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 Rafi yeah, was out there. Um Yeah. They, they made the save and obviously that's just kind of continuing to build this ruddy orange feud 
that's leading to this total match at Revolution. All right. Um, Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Sting, Darby Allin, sit-down interview. And uh, Starks is basically, he's, he's still sour about Sting beating him all those years ago, Joe. What did you make of this sit-down interview? I liked it an awful lot, mate. I um, It reminded me of why I liked this Big Bill, Ricky Starks thing to begin with. And unfortunately, that has like been kind of that's been forgotten because of honestly a lot of brutal circumstances that their uh, that their title reign has incurred. Like it's been a riot, right? To say the least. So I was kind of watching this and just reminded. I think they're a really good act. I think they've made the most of their time together. I don't think it's going to be something that lives long, you know, much longer than this. Um, but yeah, I think this setting helps Ricky. I think he's better in this environment than he is out there with a live mic. Actually, you know. Um, Darby Allen has improved steadily as a promo. I think we've kind of seen that. And Big Bill. Big Bill has got like a he's got a personality, right? He's a fun <laughs> TV character. So I thought this was really good. And it's the kind of segment I know they hate doing them because they like to kind of be in the building and live. I think there's a belief that these are bad for ratings, but I really think these are these promos are very, very valuable when you're just selling a fight. You know, I thought yeah. I left this more excited for the match and I don't think that's like a complicated formula, but I'd yeah. like to see more of this. Honestly, whenever they do it, it generally is a good, is good TV. I think this was no different. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I, I do like AW sit downs most, in most cases, to be honest, if it's with the right people. But yeah. Charlie, this is how you won the tag match next week anymore. I was going to say, like, I needed more selling on it. But, yeah, no, it did. I really do think Big Bill was, like, the standout here. Like, I remember at the Full Gear press conference when he was, like, uh, answering questions and that, he was the standout there as well. When Big Bill's given mic time in, like, these sit-down situations, it just really suits his current character. It's very funny. But, um, no, I really enjoyed this. I think that they've done a good job building for this match considering like we all kind of anticipated it but it's only been like a thing that they announced like right. what last week so but yeah I'm very excited about it I hope that they draw a good house for Phoenix because Sting's last chance to get a title man Jeez, man Big Bill Ricky Starks you know quite the mountain to climb Big Bill of course you know very he's very he's very big as an actor you know yeah Oh, but yeah, Ayo, um, Big Bill, man, he's been caught the revelation, isn't it? I like Big Bill, Big Bill a lot. Um, I didn't think much of him. I I wasn't like watching WWE during the uh, Enzo and Cast era. Like, I wasn't really like, so I didn't I didn't like know what they had going on. I didn't really get it. I didn't care. And then he hit the Indies and was just like a raging lunatic at the time. It was obviously not in a good place. I was like, oh, this dude fucking sucks. And then he was in TNA and he came back looking like uh looking like a six eight or no, he's seven forty. He's shoot he's a shoot seven forty. I forget the fucking Enzo promo. But uh, he was looking like a seven foot edge, bro. Like just on all the fucking trend in the world, shredded up. I'll never hair, forget just that, flowing. You know? Bro, that, when he came back that, that couple like, of more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because, <laughs> I remember like like you said, obviously he wasn't in a um he wasn't in a great place and he's, he spoke about that, you know, and there was that picture of him after he got released from WWE where he was in really bad shape. Man. Like, yeah. He was, he had a real gut on him, you know, like proper protruding out. He was like a solid picture as well. It was a really unflattering image of him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
And then all of a sudden, you see him pop up. I think it was MLW or something. And he's just jacked as fuck. Yeah. It was like, whoa, big Bill. Wait, you're still cast yeah. then. Cass XL. Cass XL was crazy. He came into AEW as W. Morrissey. I was just like, bro, yeah. that's, that's one of the worst wrestling names I've ever heard in my life, bro. But thank God they went with that big Bill thing. But um, yeah, he's he, he's gone from someone I didn't give a fuck about to someone I, I really enjoy. I like him a lot as a as a television act. Um, I didn't really care about this match. Like obviously, I'm ha- always happy to see Darby and Sting wrestle. Uh, Big Bill's great. You know, that about covers it. I didn't really care about the match though, but I was excited to see Sting get a title, as we all assume that's gonna happen. But mm-hmm. they've sold me on it now. Like, I like the callback to Sting's first match. Like, Ricky brought up how Sting's first match in AEW was uh, the Team Taz cinematic match. I I did enjoy that match a lot. I think they should have... I think would have done them a service to talk about that more during this build. But but we're here now. I'm excited for the match. I think it'll be, I think it'll be serviceable. Hopefully, they do the right thing and Sting goes over. Yeah. It feels like there's an extended cut of this out there somewhere, right? They should try and post this. It felt yeah, like this was like get that a... on YouTube or Twitter. Yeah, yeah probably, probably. Yes. Um, but yeah, man, we'll, we'll see. Oh, well, judging from what the young books seem to be cooking later on in the show, who knows if Sting's actually going to get his belt, man? Who knows? But we'll True. get to that. Um, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho versus Kyle Fletcher singles match. And uh, we kind of spoke about this briefly before the show. And um, Jericho did not look great here. And um, I think I might have said it on one of my private accounts, but like even in the context of like everyone kind of feeling weird about him at the moment, I know, well, some do, some don't. Um, feeling weird about him at the moment. Even if you try and remove that context, it's like he still just did not look great at all out there last night. And um, yeah. I think Joe, you made the point that when we was talking privately, like you know, he's um, he's seemed like he had a long time, and uh, he he had a few long nights on that Jericho cruise, you know, yeah. doing who knows what, and uh, he looked like he was feeling it out there, Joe. He sure did. Yeah, this was um this was not very good, right? This was nah. Nah. and this this again was what how long do we know how long this thing came in at? Because this was like two it felt what? like a while. Yeah. Like, it's a great <clears throat> Honestly, beyond the performances like this just wasn't really very interesting TV because they've already booked Jericho's match for next week. And it's just like, exactly. <clears throat> it's a stopgap for Chris Jericho in 2024. Like who needs, you know, like there are some guys who their value is you want to see them wrestle as much as you can. So you'll accept like a, you know, dragon wrestled cold flesh, Cole Fletcher a few months ago. And we all know dragon was going to win, but it was like, I'll take any dragon match. Mm-hmm. Chris Jer- like, I don't think that's Jericho's value now, even if you still want him on the TV show. Right. Like just wrestling, 12, 30-minute matches for the sake of it. Um, just clocked in at 13 and a half minutes. Yeah, and and again, whatever you think of Chris Jericho, and I understand all of the many you know varied re- reactions to that, mm-hmm. it was very apparent that this was like a Jericho was not feeling particularly... Like he looked yeah. worn down by the time they got to that finish line. And, the, the you know, the irony is the actual finish itself was actually pretty neat, right? They actually had a cool finish up their sleeve. It was the route to that finish that was their issue, so... 
yeah um this storyline to say it needs to end would be like an insane understatement yeah like this thing is we've been saying that for months and months and months so yes um i don't even know what they're really like well i do think i know what they're waiting for so i'll leave that there um (laughs) i didn't like the match very much (laughs) yeah i think i know what they're waiting for we talked about him earlier oh it's very unfortunate in it um this kind of sucked yeah 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 this wasn't uh Chuck and Lexi, they were in shambles last night on the watch along with Gopin Fletcher. And I was like, guys, there's no way y'all thought Fletcher was going over here. Well, they, they've already booked Fletcher. No, Fletcher I match. said on stream that I was expecting shenanigans and they didn't even oh, fucking do that. They mad? just okay, let yeah. Jericho win. I was like, yeah, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it's very Bring interesting. Bring up on a champion, by the way. Even, even, even if you're able to ignore all the shit that Jericho has going on in his personal life right now, He's, like I said this on stream last night. Like even if you do ignore all of that, you just don't know about it. He's this is actively bad television. Like this shit sucks. Then you put on the that the other stuff on top of that, and it's just like what like what are we what what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I don't really want to watch this shit, bro. Need a need a need a break from Jericho. They need to dissolve this Jericho shit immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 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 we'll get Osprey versus Takeshi in the, out of this somehow. But even then, it's just it's like. Fun. At what cost? You know. Yeah, at what cost? <laughs> at what cost 17 years. Of- yeah, speaking of shit I don't want to see, those uh, those TikToks of Chris Jericho's performances oh, on Jericho yeah. Cruise. Oh, those are crazy. Just. What the fuck, man? <laughs> we don't... I don't need it to see anything on that cruise. Like, God bless. Keep it on the cruise. Keep it at sea, bro. No, not God bless. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, that's not why I didn't mean like that. But <laughs> it's it's fucking just, awful. Just uh, <laughs> pack it in, <laughs> you know. <sighs> oh God, I can I can hear it in my head, you know. <laughs> God was not with them on that cruise. Yeah, you, the weekend one's definitely the worst. Clear, right? Yeah. But yeah, like, it's the, the visual before, like, of the the Bowie one is like, I don't know. Like, so he looks like, out of it singing. Like we were discussing this earlier, and it's like the Bowie one is unfortunate in about every which way. But it's like you know that Bowie's one of Chris's heroes. So even if it's like greatly insulting, at least that like, you get like he's trying to do like an. But if he like the only reason he would sing the weekend is he think he thinks he sounds good doing the week. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> no, he did not. He did not. Everything about oh. that video is like crazy. Like just like looking at people in the background and shit. Like it's just wild, just man. It's wild dream. fun. Did y'all see the picture of him in the uh in the Jer show trunks? Yes. Yeah. That was by the way. Wise. He really is just Quite that shambolic at the moment, isn't it? You know, we have to say though, bless big tall Paul. Oh, good god, man, it's actually like, oh, I feel so bad yeah. for him. Like, he that video, everyone was focusing on Jericho, but like, Paul is he's the way he walks is it's crazy. I'm a fan, like, it's it honestly is like a genuine shame. Like, yeah, dude's uh, it's he's moving like Andre did when he was older, right. Mm-hmm. I don't know what everyone's laughing at. I'm gonna hope it wasn't saying that I said about Paul White. I <laughs> no, no, that no. Okay, good. Because 
I was laughing at Monday. It's fine. He's in a, he's okay. in an unfortunate state right now. Jerry Show in general is in an unfortunate state. Jerry Show, um, bro, like <sighs> Chris Jericho, bro, like you could just you could tell that he's just not having a, a, a great time right now. You know, maybe maybe you tell him maybe you take him off TV, tell him to get his life together. Maybe this is the opportunity you got. Yeah, but, that would be good please, for everyone. Oh. I think. Yeah. Uh, this this whole thing's not gonna end well whatsoever. Yeah, it's yes. called the um It's just not good. Delivered like I always said, even without the context of everything that's going on behind the scenes and public perception and stuff like that and you know it's just not good television, man. It's just, no. Yeah. Short-term spurs, $5. Now you guys have me thinking about what Eddie Kingston would be like on Graham Norton. That would be fucking awesome. See, I actually think Eddie would like... He would pop, I think, the British public because he's like such a ridiculous... You know, like... Yeah, I think that would be... (laughs) Graham Norton calls. Because on Graham Norton's show, for anyone who doesn't know, it's a talk show where they all all sit next to each other as well, the celebrities. So that means you're opening the door to some godly interactions there, you know? (laughs) Sitting next to Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's poor British grandmother's just thinking, oh yeah, this is the average American. Yeah. (laughs) Just the average American right here. Roaches and five dollars appreciate. Yeah, do y'all think whenever Jamie comes back, Brit returns with her? Absolutely not. No. Nope. Roaches and five dollars appreciate. Did Bullet Club go forget they started a storyline with Adam Cole's faction and never said anything about it? I was going to bring this up because the whole point of the super faction was so that they could face the undisputed kingdom, and they're just like, yeah, no, we're going to do comedy segments in the ring instead, and it's like sick. Okay, Hey. Sure, two dollars. Appreciate it. Yep. Big Bill is what they wanted Wardlow to be. Mm, I wouldn't say quite, but I kind of get what you get. I don't think they wanted Wardlow to be a future world heavyweight champion. And I don't think that's ever going to happen for Big Bill in any yeah, way. Yeah. But he is, also- much, he is much better television. I like him more. They definitely do feel like slightly different archetypes, right? Like Wardlow was in that, like they wanted to create like a Goldberg yeah. kind of thing. And to be fair, they came like dangerously close until they kind of <laughs> until they like stopped themselves. So yeah, um, they're different. But I am a big, a big Bill fan. That was a hilarious sentence I just said. Wrestling. That's an eighty-four, one ninety-nine. Darby, Darby and Sting may be one of the best tag team runs ever. Um, it has been based, honestly. Yeah, it's been very good. I don't know if it's been one of the best ever, you know. I'll, but... I'll say this for it. When people used to pitch Sting and Darby Allen as a tag team, I remember thinking it was like the dumbest idea ever. Like, why would Sting be like... It didn't make any sense to me at all. But people used to say, to be fair, this is when I didn't realize Sting would be wrestling. It was like, Sting should manage Darby Allen. It's like, why? You know? And in execution, their dynamic has been stunning. Like... Yeah. They feel completely natural with one each other. Like you actually buy they have like a personal relationship, which is kind of yeah. wild, really. Um, and I think it speaks to how kind of Sting is so like easy go and he can kind of feel like that alongside anyone, right? Yeah. So um <laughs> yeah. but yeah, like I again, Ever's obviously a thing, but it's one of AW's 
biggest triumphs. Their usage of Sting is one of the great things that they've done ever. Like what they've done for that dude's legacy is really, really cool. Like genuinely. So yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah, I, I was I was gonna say what Joe basically just said. I don't know about the best tag team runs ever, but it's definitely one of the best things that AEW has ever done. And yeah. say what you want about AEW, they've done they've done a lot well. But um Sting See, and Darby, remember- they they like they really do like each other in real life. They Sting yeah. uh yeah. Darby changes with uh Sting in his locker room. They travel together. So like they they're as close as they are in real life as they come across on TV, which I think is great. Hopefully Sting yeah. stays around after he retires from in ring. Absolutely. Sting's attitude to modern wrestling is like it's honestly stunning how little he's kind of like how happy he is to just kind of embrace the game and the yeah. way it's evolved, you know? Like yeah. It's wild. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys seen that they've made the tag match a tornado tag for next week? I've just remembered that. Talking oh, about I didn't that see that. Did, yeah, just tornado that tag in Arizona. So, do you <clears> think <throat> that's just what Sting's going to do now? Like, do you think that's what the Bucks match will be, or because that's now the last one was too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'm, very, I'm very much the young books just do a traditional like, tag match. <laughs> yeah, Sting and Darby. Yeah, I do think it's a lot easier to put together a Bucks traditional tag match with them, whether because they yeah. could just be bumping heels. Whereas like Big Bill and Ricky, mm. especially Big Bill, you know, it's like it's it's a little bit more. Yeah, I think Tornado will be interesting. Um, yes. Tornado tag generally has suited Sting very well in AW. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie one ninety nine, appreciate yeah. Jericho's got to go at this point. Addition by subtraction. Yeah, probably right. Will cheers on five dollars. Appreciate you. Jericho always gets in storylines with people who are hot, so we know his next feud is suave. Oh God, don't even speak I that. I simply will not allow that to happen. So <laughs> don't have to worry about Absolutely. it. I won't allow that to happen. We'll um, make some calls. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, let's uh, keep the super chats coming, people. As we continue this AW Dynamite review, and where did we get to? Jericho versus Fletcher. Jericho got the win. Uh, to catch the top of the ramp, had a little stare down with Jericho as well. They're going to face each other next week. Um, hopefully, to catch the deals with him. Um, that's another yep. thing with all this as well. So like Jericho's the baby face, and it's like anyway. We're moving on from Jericho. Diana Perrazzo, um, yeah, she kind of just spoke about the tattoos. They all mean something. She has one with Tony Storm. Um, it symbolizes that that time in her career. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, just talking about getting into the industry and getting to the top together and just kind of just giving a little bit more background. And then we had a Bang Bang Scissor Gang segment. Uh, two teams came to the ring, and as Charlie said, they kind of came to the ring and just kind of fucked around for a little bit. Bit of comedy, bit of what did they, what did this achieve? <laughs> what did... Oh, I, I genuinely think that Wardlow getting injured meant that they had a couple of minutes they just needed to fill with something, and they were just like, "Yeah, they can go out and fuck around with the crowd," and that's what they did. Yeah, and they brought think, out the rock hard just... juice board. I think they're giving them some segments. With each other to give that uh that eventual Blade Runner a little bit more juice, mm-hmm. that eventual turn. Mm-hmm. Need it oh, like, yeah, yeah. in the next fourteen days. I'm yeah. already over this, and I yeah, like. Hopefully, the hopefully that happens in the next two weeks. They didn't have Caster do his rap, which I found mm-hmm. a weird oh, choice. Fuck. 
No, you, can, you know, Joe, you know, Joe, you know me well enough to know that I'm not. Uh, <laughs> no, I agree. Um, the crowd loved it. Yeah, yeah I, I, I did find it quite weird that. I do find it quite weird that when he doesn't do it because, as you mentioned, the crowd love it so much and it's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> I, so I don't like disagree. This had no real purpose, but I do think there's something to be said for just like, here are wrestlers you like popping themselves and having fun. Mm. Like, the, mm-hmm. I do, I'm hesitant to say they should do more of it, but like, you know, a live segment with some of your baby popular baby faces, like, I, I'm happy to have, you know, Especially when we talk about like, how many of the matches tonight we said that like, could have been a little short. It's like I'm I'm totally cool with this. Like, yeah. and I also think sometimes having a live segment that doesn't have like a big interruption or angle is good because you kind of train the audience. Sometimes that can happen. You know, I think like every time someone gets a live microphone, there being an angle is kind of like, you know, that I think is also like a, an issue at times. So mm-hmm. I didn't mind it. Um, you know, could they have had like some more interest in to say? Yeah, probably. But there was cardboard people and such. Indeed. Rock card juice board. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see how this all plays out. I think the eventual trios match, which we all expect, could probably be very good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, mate. Like, I think Bowens and Bowens and Matt's Caster. I think when they get put in positions to actually have like an extended match, like, I feel like they kind of almost wrestle with a chip on their shoulder, especially Bowens. Yeah. Um, I think you saw that quite a lot in the tag run. Before it kind of lost a bit of juice towards the end, yeah. You know, because I think remember like early in their tag run, like a lot of people were saying that they were overachieving, you know, like because they yeah. were having really good title defenses and stuff. And I think a lot of it was just kind of birthed out of that, like of them just kind of having a bit of a chip on the shoulder, especially considering the former tag teams that had held those belts before them. So, um, you know, obviously they wanted to live up to the bar, and they did. Whether, whether you felt it was part. fair or unfair, they did get pigeonholed as like just the entrance in a in a comedy act. I yeah. I always felt highly about um Bowen's wrestling, especially as a singles act though. But um, I, they they definitely they definitely had that chip and was just like, no, nah, we're, we're we're good professional wrestlers. We're a good tag team, and they mm-hmm. they proved it. But then this a lot of the trio stuff they had going on, where it was just like TK would just find three shitters in catering. It's like y'all, y'all got the claim tonight. I was, it didn't. It was. It was a complete disservice to them, to the acclaimed, to the fans, to the belts. Got yeah. ugly there for a second. But I like this new yeah. direction of the trios division. I also do think like Billy, while he's remarkable for his age, like he kind of forced their matches have to be. They they, they wrestle yeah. much simpler matches with Billy because uh-huh. yeah. you have to kind he's... of because you have to include him. The people want to see Billy do his thing, but it does. I think it has stalled their like development as wrestlers a touch, you know, because they were trending very nicely as everyone's kind of laid out here. So, yeah, I, I think people like seeing Billy, but I don't think there's that much of a demand for him in ring. You know, right. like, people will pop for his hot tag because, of course, the build to it in the match, and you know, it's Billy yeah. Gordon Pop, you know. But like, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone. I don't think there's that many fans out there. If you just book an acclaim match, you're gonna be like, oh. We need Billy Gunn in this, you know. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, and he can still come out with them, and he's done that many yeah, times. Yeah, I was gonna say, as long as he comes out with them, yeah, he'll be fine. And he can still do like a little thing on the outside where I don't know. He gives, the, yeah. you know, he gives he gives the heel a slap, the or whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he can still do things. 
there's someone at ringside for almost every match. He would always have someone that could yes. be up on the other side. Right. You know, <laughs> everyone has an ally of some kind out there. So yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, okay, Diana Perazzo wrestling this time. Ty Valkyrie, and uh, yeah, this match was all right. The crowd was kind mm-hmm. of so so throughout, uh, but yeah, another solid, solid showing of Perazzo's capabilities, I guess. Uh, Tony Storm was on commentary and was probably well Tony Storm. Which is kind of a awkward balance to find with her when she's on commentary because she ends up being the thing that people talk about the most coming out of the matches she commentates on, which obviously isn't ideal, although it's nothing against her as a performer. Um, but, you know, <laughs> that was kind of the story coming out of this match was Tony Storm on commentary. I think there was a there was a moment where she claimed that somebody pissed on a seat <laughs> when her and Deanna got face-to-face on the outside. Which not many people caught this shit, but <laughs> when Tony was like, someone's pissed in my seat, and the commentators are popping, Taz was like, yeah, Tony Schiavone struggles holding it in in his old age. What <laughs> <laughs> missed that completely. Wow. Yeah. Tony's Taz really lost it. Yeah, yeah, she's Taz, very funny. Taz really does enjoy Tony's a know, as, as spiteful as some people on this channel got about Deanna coming into the women's division, I'm not going to point any fingers, all right? I feel like she's been a net positive. I wonder um, who that was. Uh, yo, come on, bro. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 think, I, think, I, think, I think we glitched out there, guys. I think we glitched yeah. out there. Um, yeah, I think she's been a net positive to the division. I... You know, like her being like a top star in the women's division or anything like that, or having extended women's titles run like with the big belt. I don't see that necessarily. But you know, another another week, uh, another week, another another no discourse, another women AEW women's division bad discourse. We I can't I can't be mad at that. People are saying it's trending in the right direction to division. I agree with them. I think there's um, I think there's like more emphasis put on it. I think there's more care put on it. They're getting they're getting their time and stuff like that. We're we're getting matches people want to see. We have Amanada versus Willow this Friday. We mm. had two matches on rant, on a collision last week. We gotta see Serena D throw the ball around a little bit. I, I like where it's going in twenty twenty four. I hope they just keep this momentum going. Especially with Mercedes coming in. Yeah man. It makes me laugh how like a lot of the personalities just people that they've had anyway and it's just it's it's almost staggering the difference in the perception oh. of the division in recent weeks is just by just yeah. kind of just by like, kind of slightly maneuvering different talents that you already had around. It's like seeing Queen Aminata coming back from injury and her actually being used on TV, of course, mm-hmm. is like that's been it's been so good for having like film women's matches on the show and stuff like that. Thunder mm-hmm. uh, Rose is always someone that people like the AEW fans have took serious um, from an in ring point of view. So having her back and wrestle a couple of matches, even though. Um, the last one wasn't great, but just it's just good, you know, to have her back getting reps against Serena D's back looking sharp. Um, already mentioned Queen Aminata, she's been really great. And uh, Diana Peraza, you know, she's coming in as like a technician. Do you know what I mean? So she, of course her matches fit a certain mold as well. So it's like more division that you can take serious now instead of um, you know, obviously while it was kind of trending towards for basically a- most a- of w- last year, so. Their their women's division, they've had the horses to be a good division like five, six, seven signings ago. It was just how they were used. But now yeah. now the signings on top of their use is it's starting to align in a 
positive direction. Someone in the chat asked, and it wasn't a super chat, but you do send super chats. So what happens to Julia? She's injured, bro. She's injured. Issue. I'm, I'm really? sure. I'm sure. I'm sure that's a, a report that I've seen somewhere. She's got some sort of knock or something. Um, I'll Google it at some point during the show when someone else is talking. <laughs> Fair enough. Hush, not Okada signed with the dub, or is he still decided? We kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but to reiterate, Okada is still deciding. But he is, um, you know, it is AEW <laughs> is the favourite. Language leader, yeah. I'd be shocked to not to see him anywhere else, yeah. but he's not yeah. as close to a luck as Mercedes is, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But Mercedes is well, according to Stein Field and delivered, yeah. So it's pretty much as much as a done deal without like AEW have confirmed that Mercedes is yeah. with like is basically as confirmed as that. So, um, yeah, man, Okada, Mercedes. Uh, Julia Hart, I'll look into that in a minute. Diana Prazo versus Taya. Uh, yeah, anyone want to say anything about the actual match itself? Diana versus Taya, it was all right. It was all right. I will say, like, you know, that could be a little nicer to you know, some of the matchmaking. Like, I Anna and Taya as a one two punch is a little aggressive to me, but I, I think she did it pretty, I think she handled it pretty well. Um, to be clear, like Tyre's issue is more that she's just slowed down physically, right? Like you can mm-hmm. see. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it was okay. I don't. To be clear, I don't know who the right opponent necessarily is, but like, I will admit that when I saw this was where they were going, as a fan of doing, I was like, "Good God!" Like, it's it's not the easiest task, but I thought she did pretty well with it. So, yeah, <clears throat> you Agree. I like the way yeah. that Diana's pre- been presented. Like all of her gears yeah. look like she's got like pay per view gears on, which is really cool. Um, they make they're making it seem like a big deal. And if you're slotting someone straight into a title program, that's what you've got to do. So I'm glad that they're taking the time to do that. And she's getting multiple segments on a show as a woman in AEW. That that's used to be very much a rarity. So it's she is a great example of why we need you know a range of promotions in wrestling because. Yes. Being pushed as a top star in Impact has, like, been transformative for her. You know, mm-hmm. like, she used to look so nervous and shy on TV when she first got signed by WWE. Like, but she's now, and it's that thing of, if you think you're a big deal, you're going to convince people you are one, right? And, like, now yeah. she she handles it. She carries herself that way. And you can see how important it is. So uh, I think that's why she's been able to kind of transfer to TV here in a way that's effective. So, yeah, I agree completely. She's doing pretty good thus far. Yeah, she is. She is strong start, man. Strong start. I think she's been handled pretty well as well from a booking point of view. I know it's obviously it's easy to stay when you just get thrown into a world total picture, but still, there's a yeah. way to handle it, you know. Sure. Um, but yeah, Darby Allen backstage interview. Um, what, what did Renee? Renee asked him something, but he didn't really matter anyway because the young books just <laughs> the young books interrupt, and uh, I think at one point they even pitch a trios. With Darby mm-hmm. Allen, and they asked Darby Allen why he's letting a 65 year old man leech onto him and uh, suck all the life out of him. And um, oh, yeah. And he was like, let's cut to the chase. So, Nicholas and Matthew want to know why Darby Allen has been ducking them. He hasn't been returning the text, he hasn't been answering calls or anything like that. And um, what a Darby. Freak. <laughs> Darby, Darby says he's just focusing on the uh, on the tag goal, brother. 
And uh, and then after Derby walked off, um, what well, what was it that Nicholas Lee said? I don't know. It was kind of ominous, though, right? It yeah, it was something ominous. like, um, maybe you should get involved next week. Yeah, so they basically hinted that they might have to get involved next week. So maybe they screw Derby over. I don't know. I don't know. But that's definitely it's not impossible, something... man. Like if if they want Sting to win his last match, then that may be what they do, right? It might be a case of the yeah. Bucks. So yeah, I mean, I I would be. I wouldn't have what I'd say. I'd be surprised. I'm still leaning towards they get the belts and the Bucks, then rest of them for the belts. But mm-hmm. the, I think it is definitely in play that they use this as like a detour to get to that match as a non-title match. But um, either way, obviously, we're headed to the match. That's like an, you know, it's pretty, that's pretty apparent. So it was yes. a nice segment, though. Yeah. It was, it was a nice belts into the match, bro. Let's not, let's not yeah. do this. Bring the belts into yeah. the match. Yeah, I don't want to see Darby and Sting take a loss before Revolution because that kind of feels like you've fallen at the last hurdle. Why have you done that now? Like, yeah, if I wouldn't have them risk for the belts unless they're winning them personally, yeah. but it would, I mean, honestly, it is really as simple as like, what is the decision as to whether Sting's winning or losing his last match? Right? Yeah. It's actually that simple at this point. Like, I, I don't obviously, this is breaking news, folks, I don't know Sting. Um, <laughs> but like he honestly doesn't strike me as someone that would have a passionate opinion on it either way <laughs> I think yeah. he's pretty chill <laughs> and I could definitely see Tony Khan you know with the way he views Sting being like no, you're winning your last match and that's the only reason I could see maybe mm-hmm. the belts aren't going to be involved after all that's, that's, that's one thing I think is worth keeping in mind so yeah. time will tell we shall see mm. not long to go yeah we'll see how they handle it yeah. I'm looking forward to however to play it though. Alright. Yeah. Man event time. So Strickland is uh doing his dealer's choice match, uh picked by Hangman Adam Page, and he has picked Rob Van Dam. And as announced by Hangman Adam Page on the Titan Tron, on the Titan Tron, whilst uh Swerve and Rob Van Dam are in the ring, it will also be a hardcore match, which of course is Rob Van Dam's bread and butter. So, this kicks off with uh, Rob Van Dam just beating the shit out of Swerve, really threw a chair at him to start things off, and he kind of played a lot of his hits, Van Daminator, all those sort of things there. And, um, <laughs> yeah, man, Swerve took a bit of a beating in this one, but it's <laughs> sad at least. Nice to see Rob Van Dam hasn't changed. He's... <laughs> 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 uh... He, he broke Rob hit every one of his moves and then kicked that out of 3.1. One, one. He kicked yeah. out of the finish at 3.1. What a fucking beast. He said, I ain't got a contract. Let me play, you know. Let me, let me, let me get out there. But he did, but look, if you're going to do it, do it right. He looks sharp, didn't he? My goodness. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, this was fun. Very, very fun. Yeah, it was a good, it was a good time, man. Uh, Charlie, what did you make of it? I thought it was a hoot. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. To be fair, when they said it was a hardcore match, and I saw that, that there was like 13 minutes left of the show and a, a run o- an overrun they had announced, I was like, fucking hell, are they really going to go for like 16 minutes in this match? Like, what's going on? But no, it was a great time. RVD looked incredible. Swerve looked incredible. And the match was a great time. The crowd was super into it as well. So, good times. Good main event. Yeah, man, it's been... It's always... It's been... 
been quite successful whenever they've had Rob Van Damme on AEW, hasn't yeah. he? He was so fucking over last night, bro. That shit was yeah. that shit was crazy. Um, I I really enjoyed that match. I was I genuinely thrown for a loop when they when they announced that it would be a hardcore match. Him hitting every single one of his moves was so beast. <laughs> I haven't seen him get that kind of air on a Rolling Thunder since like '09, bro. He, he was out there. He was ready to play. He was ready to play. Fucking Swerve taking table bumps to the outside and shit. Yeah. That was that was that was I, that was inspired wrestling and inspired booking. I I had a lot of fun with that match last night. I liked it a lot. Um, I I, I just I don't know where, where was this for Robin like ten years ago, bro? Because he he looked like <laughs> shit in TNA ten years ago. Bro. And the the one that was jarring was remember when he had that like weird WWE comeback run? Yeah. And, Mm-hmm. Part of the issue was they didn't let him do matches like this. He was just wrestling WWE TV matches, but like he looked like Rob was like done, right? Like not physically yeah. so much as he just didn't like his game didn't translate to being older. So I remember a few months ago, um, on a worldwide, I think it was someone sent a super chat about like Rob being an AW, and I was like, fuck, <laughs> that dude's been watched for 15 years. Yeah, I, I, I thought <laughs> the same thing. Yeah, but he's I mean, he's funny to watch because he between the moves, he does look fucked. But when he does the moves, he looks great. He looks great. Yeah. <laughs> Saving, bro. Yeah. But yeah, Ch- Charlie, you enjoy this one? Yeah, I've already said that. Thanks for asking again. <laughs> Charlie, no, Yeah. Yeah. You for it to, it's because I bled into your I bled into your intro, so it confused things. But we all agree it, it was a hoot. It was a hoot. Rob yeah. Hill's moves. Um Rob, like, when he's just walking, looks like he's in a lot of pain, and then he'll do, like, the coolest thing you've ever seen a man of that age do. <laughs> it's like, fuck, he's still got it. But, uh, yeah, no, this was this was a really fun TV main event. Absolutely. It was, it was, it was. And, um, yes, uh, at the end of the show, after the Swerve had finally defeated Rob Van Dam, Hangman comes to the, comes to the ring, and uh, they kind of cut promo. Well, they do do the struggle cut promos on each other. Hangman, in short, basically says he will never, as long as he believes, let Swerve get the AEW World Championship. Swerve was in uh, retaliated by basically saying that <clears throat> Hangman, when are you basically? When are you just going to accept? I'll beat you twice. I don't need to prove nothing to you again, etc., etc. Goes to walk away and be dismissive of him. And Hangman, uh, he must have touched a nerve because he said that every time Swerve has beat him, he's had to need, you know, he's needed help to do so. And man to man, he knows deep down he couldn't beat Hangman. So they're running it back again. Hangman versus Swerve, number three. And this time it is for the number one contendership for the AEW World Championship. Uh, next week on AEW Dynamics as it was announced at the very end of the show. So we'll start there as far as the announcements go. Swerve, Hangman, number three. First two were tremendous. Don't think this is going to be any different, A.O. Not at all. Um, just, just two real professional wrestlers. Two men that Marty should strive to be more like. Two people that he needs to personally apologize to on this platform. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that eventually. We're gonna get to that eventually. But um, the Wrestle Dream match, I feel like it's 
I feel like it's under not the Wrestle Dream match. Where was it? Where's the first match at? Yeah, it was Wrestle yeah, Dream. Right. Okay, yeah. That I feel like that was underrated, bro. I agree, yeah. Let's fuck it. Like people people don't talk about that match enough. And then the Texas Death, I feel like that was an old timer. This this um this third one, I feel like it's gonna be one of the best TV matches that AEW's ever done. Fully expect for this to end in a draw, I think. I they've definitely been it, it'd be weird for them to keep Hangman around in this story for this long, just to be yeah. like, oh, well, finally got that off my back. Uh, 1v1 versus Joe. I think this is definitely heading towards the triple threat at Revolution, which I think I think it's the right move. I think I think it's the right move. But, um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm excited. AEW's back, bro. We don't got to do no fucking double bits. I don't I, I can see. I can see fucking real wrestling i don't gotta see fucking kangaroo kick none of that shit bro we're here i think hangman won't win mm. think so, so. here's the thing if if it was advertised as just winner faces joe i would pick hangman and think they would do it on tv but because they said at revolution specifically mm. i think i think a draw because there's time, right? You could easily do Hangman Joe on TV and then go to a triple threat at the pay-per-view. But mm. they said at Revolution, so I think it'll be a draw also. I hope they don't. The one thing I would say is, I'll get this out of the way now so I can briefly whine about it if they do it. Do not do the thing where the champ beats them both up. Please do not. That that angle has been done a million times. You know when like the champ lays out both of them and then they're told oh, this did triple it, threat? Did it, bro, Roman Reigns did it like, last we, week. Yeah, please. I, I see, I see two I muscle busters coming, Joe. I see it in, I see it in our future. I see two muscle busters coming. Well, I would much prefer they do a time limit draw. Um, yes. But yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued with it. Like, I think the segment was good. We've talked a lot about how like it's great the way they've kept these guys linked to each other. Um also, it's worth noting that this whole main event block, like Joe on commentary, was hilarious because he would mm-hmm. like virtually broke character for Rob Van Dam. Yes, I mean it was he was being in character because he wanted Rob to kick his ass, but like you know, Rob and and Joe was popping huge. Yeah, because I think they've positive. I want to say they've been friends like way back before TNA. So he probably was thinking, well, how the hell am I sitting here commentating on, <laughs> on Rob Van Dam's match in 2024? So that added a charm to all of this, and that was the same for the post match, but. uh this has all been well done. It has been. Like, I do worry a little bit about how, what they do. Like, say next week is a draw and they announce a triple threat. I do worry slightly about what the last three weeks of that build are because they've been right. doing this build literally since Joe first segment as a champ, right? So that's a small thing, but we'll cross that bridge and we get to it. I think it's been very well done. I forgot to mention as well that in the main event, some interference people, there was some interference. Oh, yeah. Brian Cage got involved. <laughs> The he was machine. in hook, then came out with a uh yeah. a chair, I think he came out with. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, them two started fighting off into the back. So maybe that's a potential maybe that's in Hook's next match, Brian Cage. Um I can buy into they've, it. They've uh they've they've announced that already, didn't they? They I don't if know they didn't announce it, they had they had a segment. Um Young collision, Brian Cage right? had a segment, he was like, Oh, I was the first FTW champion yeah. in this company, yeah. won my belt back, yeah, all that jazz. I'm into it. I'm into it. Um, Joseph, two pounds. Appreciate you. Are we ever going to get a serious pack push in AEW? Um, no. Yeah, I was going to say uh, that's on pack, bro. He doesn't. He doesn't want to be in the states. He doesn't want to travel every week either. It's on pack. Yeah. Yeah, he's making. He's making good money. He gets to wrestle his friends. He gets to go home and be with his family. You know, it's enough for some people. Yeah, man. Um, it's been on TV for ages now. Crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, AEW Dynamite, man. Uh, a nice show. Yeah. A nice show. Uh, Hangman versus Tara Leona was probably my personal highlight. Uh, the Young Book stuff did pop me. Unfortunate about uh, Wardlow, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they continued the women's title stuff. Darby Allin was on the show a few times, building the tag title match. Uh, and of course, Swerve and Hangman Dealer's choice being the main kind of thread of the show. So, yeah, yeah, pretty decent show, even though it didn't look that stacked on paper. But in, um, you know, in action when watching, it was a, it was a pretty decent dynamite, man. It wasn't like a great dynamite, especially by like what we expect a great dynamite to be. But no, I'm not, I'm not complaining. No, and also you when you kind of. When you actually get ahead of things and you have that stuff to look forward to next week, it's a yeah. lot easier to just be like, yeah, this was just a nice show and next week's like feels like a big one, right? So yeah. I would like them to get back to that. Like I really like when Dynamite would end and you would know like what's the big match next week or next mm-hmm. the next, you know, what's the I'd like them to get back to that as a consistent thing. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Um I understand collision complicates things. Because remember, like once upon a time you'd know the whole card. <laughs> It would, be yeah. like, it would actually be kind of insane to look back that's, on. I think, um, that's the, I think that's the way to do it with weekly TV, man, where it's like, you yeah. know a majority of the card, like, six days out, you know? Because like, it, it's going to help with ticket sales, promoting the show in yeah. general, building some sort of momentum and hype in general. And, um, you know, I just think that's just the way it should be. So it's like um, after Vince... After Vince first uh, left WWE creative like properly left creative it was like one of the first things that Triple H wanted to like really drive home was like mm-hmm. none of these like stuff getting advertised and getting pulled and stuff like that and you're trying to yeah. you're trying to announce like four or sometimes even more things for the show on the week before show sort of thing mm-hmm. so um I think it's always a good thing to know what's going to be on next week and then you just kind of fill in some gaps and throw in a few nice surprises or a few pops here and there, a few backstage segment things here and there. But the actual meat of the show in terms of what the top stars who are around for that show are doing should kind of be pretty outlawing by the end Mm -hmm. of the show, you know, so... Mm -hmm. yeah, and then next week they've definitely done that, as you just mentioned the announcements. We've just spoke about Swerve and Hangman. You've got the <clears throat> you got the tag title match, which is already announced as well. Announced last night was the trios match, CMLL versus BCC, which just sounds tremendous, really, doesn't it? Um, yes. Uh, Takeshita Jericho on Dynamite as well. Yes. Yeah. Takeshita Jericho. Takeshita's probably going to put Jericho in a hearse. I'll pop for that. You know, <laughs> uh, I hope so. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see, man. We'll see, but it definitely does look like a stack. Then we got, of course, Tony Khan's big announcement. We got that Sorry. as well. So, um, stacked episode next week. You know, this week was a pretty decent, pretty decent filler episode. You know, yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it more oh, than I thought I was going to going into it. So that's always a positive. Absolutely, yeah. it's always a win. Always a win. All right, so that's AW Dynamite. And we do have some new things to get into. But first, now that we spoke about the announcements, where would we wouldn't be a real AW Dynamite review if we didn't talk about the return of the AW rankings. 
So let's talk about the return of the AW rankings. A real big announcement. I wasn't warned about this being a segment. I'm very alarmed. It's not a segment, it. but it's like we've reviewed Dynamite. The rankings came out immediately after Dynamite. Okay. Um, <clears throat> you know. All right, so let's uh, let's go through the first official AEW rankings of 2024. Now that they're back, and in the men's division, we have of course your champions: Samoa Joe, Christian Cage, Orange Cassidy, and Eddie Kingston. And the contenders are number one: Swerve Strickland, number two: Hangman Adam Page, number three: Adam Copeland, number four: John Moxley, number five: Roderick Strong. No, Brian Danielson. Roddy snuck in there, bro. <laughs> Because... That's that's where the belt thing is an issue, right? Like yeah. I, the rest, the other four. Obviously, I'm saying this, so you know, Roderick Strong. But the other four are like, you know, that's the way I think the ranking should look, like the real heavy hitters. Yeah. But because mm. they want the international, I get it. That's there's no, it's not egregious at least. Roddy has won a couple matches as of late, right? I think. Yeah. yeah Eve, and like the the belts, and then. Like having the four champions as part of like they're not actually ranked as in one, two, three, four, but they are kind of like Oh, froze. I thought he was just really concentrating on the rankings. Where what where did where did it put off? Um you said they're not ranked one, two, three, four, but they are, and then you froze in concentration. You were talking about the champs. Okay, so the rank <laughs> the champions aren't ranked one, two, three, four, but they are counted in the rankings, which of course yeah. then dictates how the rest of the rankings play out, which means you have people who obviously they want Roderick Strong to be competing for the international title. And if and when Roderick Strong wins that bout his challenges are then being like the top five and you'll probably be seeing people like fucking Commander and stuff like that, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right next to like John Moxley and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about this before we went live and it's like, if you want to, if you want to do that, you need to, it feels like you should create separate divisions for the belts, you know? Yeah. So you've got an yeah. international division, a triple crown division, a TNT division, a world title division, you know? And you can kind of make it a bit more clear, and then, you know, quality, quality of wins counts for something as well a lot more than instead of like Roddy's beat a couple of, I don't want to call them jobbers, but like he isn't exactly right, beating, no, he isn't exactly beating the same people Hangman's beat recently, you know. Yeah, so, I just to me the like the the kayfabe point of a TV title or whatever the internet, like the point of that is that it's kind of. You know, like anyone can get a shot at that, but I think that's kind of the charm of those belts. You know, like a an international champion, they know they could actually explain what the purpose of that was originally. I know that's kind of faded now, but if TNT title is in theory their TV title, to me, you know, you look at the history of that belt, the open challenge, right? Like a guy could come in mm-hmm. from anywhere. I think you can explain that and actually exclude them from the rankings. To be honest, I would I actually just make it a world title thing. Now the triple crown. I do not know what you... I, I don't know how you explain that. I don't know how you explain <laughs> that without the rankings, to be honest. But Eddie has three belts, which is worthwhile in itself. So, yeah, that's more complicated. But I would ex- actually exclude the other two belts, personally. Yeah. I think, I think the world total division needs to be its own division, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the same, the same with the women's and the TBS titles. laid out the same, but the contenders are number one, Perazzo, number two, Rosa, number three, Shida, number four, Sky Blue, and number five, Mariah May, which all sound pretty, you know, uh, believable, whatever you want to call yeah. it, you know. Um, 
<laughs> the tag the tag in the trios is yeah, they're very funny. <laughs> so the tag <laughs> is obviously you got Ricky and Big Bill champs. Number one, Sting and Darby. Number two, John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Number three, <laughs> Brian and Claudio. When how often have Brian and Claudio tagged together in twenty twenty? It's just the is it just the Eddie and Ortiz match? Is that it? Let me see. Um, I think so. I don't remember them tagging a lot. I could be like, I could be wrong. <laughs> That's what I mean. Um, they tagged. Four. They wrestled Ricky and Bill a few months back. And they lost that match. I'm pretty sure. So yeah, I don't know. Number four, yeah. Private Party. Number five, Orange and Trent. Orange and Trent. <laughs> they're just they're just throwing darts at a board. Where are the like, FTR? Where the fuck? Like John Silver and Alex Reynolds come from? When's the last time they were on TV? Listen, the trios is even better, what? even more funny. Right, trios is you know the champions are the acclaimed. Um, all right, number one, Buddy Club Gold makes sense. Number two, mm-hmm. the Hardys and Mark Briscoe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> number three, Dark Order. What? Number four. <laughs> number four. FTR and Daniel Garcia. So how how is winning a cage match with House of Black not enough to topple the Dark Order for the free seed? Like- so I, so I'm scrolling the timeline, and right when we got on this subject, I saw a tweet by Resipurus's own Peps, and apparently the Dark Order have been on a nice little winning streak on uh-huh. uh, dark matches, free show dark matches. So um, you know how people hated. <laughs> What was going on with AW Dark and how it affected the rankings? Now it looks like we're incorporating matches matches. that we don't know anything about. But you know what? If they um, show footage of an actual dark match next week, I will just co-sign. I'll just I I respect it. You know, like no one wants to see these wins, so we'll just pretend. That's awesome. My goodness. But I was I was telling um I think I think it was my so I was telling somebody before the show. That basically, um, Rampage spoilers, if you don't want to hear, you know, hit mute real quick. The Dark Order got a title match on Rampage just to give Ricky Starks like a hometown match or whatever. So they threw him on the rankings to give uh, like a ranked team a title match, which was kind of the issue. One of the issues, one of the major issues with the rankings before they went away the last time. So I hope they don't lean into this too heavily. And they're just like, it just, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows how long they knew this was coming back? But if they were just, if this was kind of just like thrown at them or whatever, they're just yeah. like, gotta get Ricky a match, let's just get him on the rankings. And then we'll really go forward with these rankings and put care into them and make sure no dark match only tag team is number two or three or whatever the fuck they were. Mm-hmm. They should and do, then um, rounding up the top four is House of Black, by the way. Okay. They, they should do, um, even if they don't do it on the two main shows, they should, on Rampage, they should have Shivani do like the rankings report. Like old oh, school yeah. WCW style, you know? Oh, yeah. At five, and it's like really strong, killing some of a backbreaker. That's, that shit always popped me. So, yeah, rankings in wrestling are always like, you know, then they're actually <laughs> in some ways much harder in execution than you. <laughs> like the theory's fun, but it's not Bringing something Bringing them back in the middle of a pay per view build was a decision. Yeah, yeah. but you know. But the it more I think be. about it, I'm just like, hmm, that's dumb. Should have waited till after Revolution. But it did rule when Shivani in the middle of a wrestling match had to yell, breaking news! Yes. <laughs> Tony Khan is bringing back the rankings. 
That was, that was tremendous. So, yeah, you know, we discussed this a few weeks back. I liked it as a move because it it, it symbolizes. It isn't saying that I'm going to be focusing on because I think it very mm-hmm. quickly. If you actually focus on them a lot, I think you'll kind of drive yourself insane. So, yeah. The weekly posts used to just pop me. So, that'll yeah. probably what will happen again. They're, they're pretty cool graphics, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, they're all right. Yeah, so the rankings are back. Uh, Dynamite's stuck next week. Dynamite's pretty decent this week. Tony Khan's got an announcement next week, which a lot of people are assuming is Mercedes Monet already, as reported. And um, yeah, that's uh, that's that's AEW for the most part. Uh, we've been over the Mercedes report regarding she's expected an AEW in March. We talked about that during the Dynamite review, so. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, so news-wise, since we've already covered Mercedes expecting an AEW in March thing, let's get into uh, WWE news, which has been quite unfortunate over the past week or so. And, of course, since the lawsuit was filed last Thursday against Vincent Mann, John Laurinaitis and WWE regarding some quite horrific allegations, um, of course, there's been some fallout since then, which has continued today. We've, of course... You know, after Triple H's very divisive, poor performance at the Royal Rumble press conference, of course, there was a lot of eyes on Shawn Michaels today because he was doing the NXT media call, which, of course, was open to media questions. So, understandably, he was asked questions <laughs> about the whole situation and what they're going to be doing about it. And uh, just in body points, really, he, he, pretty, he, he handled it definitely better than Triple H. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna come on here and say, Oh my god, he was flawless, what an angel or anything like that. But when you put the two when you put the two examples side by side, I think Sean definitely did a much better job than Triple H, even just by acknowledging the you know, the lawsuit, the allegations and the severity of it, whereas Triple H came across as uh, quite dismissive, to be honest. But I've already spoke about that. Uh but yeah, Sean Michael says that basically they can always improve on protections being in place for talent. It's always something that they can improve on and always aim to improve on. He feels that NXT fosters a safe, supportive atmosphere. And also, in 2022, policies were updated regarding uh, protection for wrestlers. Uh, When asked by, I believe it was Stephanie Hobbs, uh, when asked if anything was in place to make sure that there is a safe space for women if something happens again, he said, we absolutely have all of those policies in place. As I said, we upgraded them in 2022. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that they'll be looking at continuing to improve those. But we absolutely do. We have, you know, numerous people on our medical team for outreach to go to outside of the performance center. And then he kind of um, went on to explain that, look, you know, they do offer help that is outside of WWE because he does understand that, you know, even if he or one of the coaches or one of the NXT staff notices something about a wrestler and want to ask them about it and ask them to be open about it, of course, that talent or employee might not feel entirely comfortable coming out or, you know, uh, giving that information to someone in the company. So there is, as Sean says, there is resources outside of WWE where uh, people can go to to fill the need to. Um, when asked if he's talked to the NXT talent and staff about the situation... 
He basically said that everyone is aware of the situation and understands it. It's an incredibly sad situation. He can sit there and say it sucks, but again, he's mentioned in the past that they take it very, very seriously. He was also asked about... Um, <clears throat> so, was it, it was on one of the Sean Oliver interviews. Yeah. I'm sure, you know, especially some of the older people, although they, you know, Sean Oliver's shoot interviews were very, very, very famous once upon a time. And uh, once upon a time, Brutus Briefcake, Brutus Beefcake, not Briefcase, um, Brutus Beefcake was on one of these uh, shoot interviews and basically alleged that the Rockers, meaning Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty, would basically H-bomb, which is basically uh, spiking girls' drinks, and they would uh, take them back to the hotel rooms and take advantage of them, and like, quite a horrific allegation, basically. And... Um, on Twitter, he did kind of walk it back by calling it R oh, It was just Urban Legends or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Sean, Sean Michaels was asked about it, obviously, in the light of everything that's happened regarding WWE. Um, someone asked him, I think it was Nick Halsman. Potentially, I don't want to get that wrong, though. I think it was Nick Halsman. Asked him about the Brutus Beefcake allegations, uh, about that incident I just laid out. And he was like, uh, yeah, I think Brutus Beefcake, even if you ask him today, um, he's even walked that back. Um, he knows that he, you know, he was no angel back in the day, but nothing was ever like non-consensual and he's never like that sort of guy. And I think he was like, I don't want to come across as like a dick or kind or anything like that. I don't think he used that exact language though, because of course it was a media call. And he was like, you know, that wasn't a thing that Shawn Michaels did. That wasn't a thing that Shawn Michaels like, struggled with. And people that did those sort of things are usually people that hate women or have some sort of resentment towards women or something like that, or they're trying to have power over people, and that was never my thing. My thing was more like insecurity in myself and self-confidence issues and lashing out. And So, yeah, he, he basically shut, the, shut down those uh, allegations again and kind of tried to stomp out any possibility of them like, resurfacing and gaining any sort of like super traction, you know, even though obviously they did come up again today because they were mentioned on the media call. But going a bit long now. Joe Hall but Sean Michaels did kind of at the very least came across a lot better than Triple H did over the weekend. Yeah, that's what that was the uh the general response. I, I read the quotes and heard a couple of clips. I did not listen to the whole thing. But um but yeah, I mean it's one of them things like, I don't really want to get too lost in like comparing the way people handle these because I think that's like you know it's what but like he didn't um embarrass himself or seem mm-hmm. completely you know out of place talking about it. I mean it, it was I will say I was surprised at how uh, freely he spoke about it because after mm-hmm. what on the weekend I would have thought he would have been told to you know be very quick to kind of stop that conversation he didn't um I don't <laughs> I, you know I haven't really got a comment on like what he's uh, the you know the truth or whatever of what he said. I just you know he came across better than than Paul Levitt yes. did, which make of that what you will. <laughs> that's kind of oh, not really? not that saying a great deal. We're being honest. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. It's not, but again, he, like, great he, didn't, he didn't embarrass himself. Yeah, candid. That's a good word for it. Yeah. The the fact that yeah. they aren't reading like statements printed right it's from crazy. like this multi billion dollar PR. Firm. There's just like this is what you say if they say F this, this is what you say if they ask this, this is what you say if they ask this. Kind of makes me feel like Endeavor's just like, hey man, y'all say what y'all say. We're gonna see what's up with this 
with this uh, lawsuit. If y'all implicated, mm-hmm. y'all are out. Like, we're not tying our hands to y'all on this at all. Um, the fact yeah. that Triple H didn't have anything prepared to say was insane. And it looked like he just came up with his answer on the spot. Um, Shawn Michaels, while not perfect, absolutely did much better um, while handling himself with the media today. The, the oh, I was always oh, like a ladies' man thing. That was kind of weird. But, you know, it is what yeah. it is, bro. These are wrestlers. The brains are fried. But um, I guess we'll see. I I just like you have to be an idiot to think this starts and stops with with Vince. And this is not a Fed bad thing. This yeah. is like a corporate America power structure. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. this is one of those things. So it's just I I don't think we've seen the last of people getting removed from power in WWE. Nor do I think we should see the last of it. I'll just see where it goes from here. Yeah. That's kind of uh Yeah, that's kind of what we are. I don't really just kind of seeing where we go, see how we plays out. It's still very early days. It's still what it's been a week. It's been a week since the lawsuit was filed by um filed against Vincent Mandrill, so so it's a lot to play out as of which we're about to get into because there's quite a significant update today. From Voice News of all places, who uh, who had spoken to John Laurinaitis' attorney, who, surprisingly, to I think, well, most of us who read it at first were surprised, uh, John Laurinaitis' attorney is claiming that he is a victim in all of this. The quote from John Laurinaitis' attorney was, Mr. Laurinaitis denies the allegations in the misguided complaint and will be vigorously defending these charges in court, not the media. Like the plaintiff, Mr. Lorino is, is the victim in this case, not the predator. The truth will come out. Um, when asked to follow up on this, if um, by voice, the attorney then said, read the allegations, read the federal sta- statute, power, control, employment, supervisory capacity, dictatorial sexual demands with repercussions, if not met, count how many times in the complaint Vince exerts control over both of them. Now, this is very, very, very significant and how it will play out. Obviously, I'm not a fucking attorney myself or anything, so I don't know. But from the outside looking in, this is very, very significant because one, it is basically Lauren Oitis, um turning on Vince McMahon, pointing fingers at Vince McMahon, however you want to call it, putting the blame entirely on Vince McMahon and trying to take it off himself or co- literally calling himself a victim in all of this, which is crazy reading the actual the initial lawsuit and um for number two obviously maybe not legally but it does heavily imply that there is some truth a lot if not a lot of truth to the original lawsuit that was filed against him so um stunning honestly uh i was quite stunned to see this uh, John Laurinaitis turning on Vince McMahon. Didn't think it would ever be something we see, but in a situation as serious as this, of course, people get desperate. We don't know all the details and all the truths. We just know the lawsuit, and uh, obviously some people have read more than others. Um, but yeah, well, I don't really know what to say about this other than I'm genuinely quite stunned by it. Um, was not what I was expecting to see today or any time in the near future, to be honest. And again, obviously, I don't know all the details of the case and the lawsuit and everything, but Laurinaitis definitely was, he's been a Vince, he's been a Vince guy 
heavily like associated as a Vince guy for what for decades, you know. Um, yeah. That this here, here we are. Yeah, that whole the whole dynamic with them and the fact that for years and years we and years we heard about like we heard people actively questioning why Johnny had that job. Like this thing is this thing is only just getting started, you know. And I don't say that in like a way to glamorize it, but this this thing, there's you know, we're it's been a week, you said earlier, right? Yeah, last Thursday. Like last Thursday. Yeah, I wouldn't even want to think of the amount of uh the amount of chapters left in this story, you know? Like I, I think this thing is just getting started, unfortunately. So yeah. Yeah, there's I mean, going to be a lot of people that get implicated in the process. Yeah, and the Laurenitis part is wild because we, by saying that, and again, we don't know shit about Lebron. I'm just, you know, we're trying our best to talk on this, but it's like he's he's like, as you said, he's implying there's truth to some of the accusations, but by yeah. calling himself the victim, he's also like erasing some of them. You know, it's like mm-hmm. yeah, I have no like clue which yeah. parts of which because those of you who have read the whole nearly seventy page lawsuit, and I've said I'm a couple podcasts now I wouldn't recommend doing so because of how graphic the details and stuff are. Mm-hmm. Um, but those of you who have seen John Laurinaitis' attorney come out and say that for the reasons George said, he's super confusing because it's like the situation, like what is that is situation it? true? But that one isn't in the situation. There's the situation at the WWE, uh, I believe at the WWE headquarters, which is one of the more disturbing parts where both of them were involved in a room. Um, yeah. You know, like, what do you mean? Like, what what parts? Like, it's, it's obviously like, like we said at the start of the segment. We'll we'll see when it comes out, but it's very kind of uh, confusing to kind of try and match up. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think the main takeaway from this is the fact that by doing this, like John Laurelitis and his law team have basically been like, well, yeah, there's some truth to that lawsuit, which is a massive thing for Janelle Grant to be able to get justice. The fact that he's like. Yeah, like there is some truth to something that she, the, the stuff she said in there. So I hope that, like, coming out of like this specifically, it means that that there's going to be more evidence that comes out to help her move forward in her lawsuit, and it can go to discovery rather mm-hmm. than them trying to force a settlement. Because of I, I don't think she would want to take a settlement anyways. I obviously I don't know the woman, or I'm just reading everything else that everyone else is reading. But like her lawyer definitely makes it sound like they are moving as far forward with this as they can. This is a massive domino domino to fall. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. and that combined with uh, Janelle Grant's lawyers said that they are overwhelmed with the amount of people that are trying to like come forward with stories right now. It's mm-hmm. gonna be, it's gonna get really messy, and it's it's gonna be a very long thing that will be in the news cycle for a very long time, which it deserves to be. It's a massive case. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that is that is important. Like, when we talk about these things, we talk about, you know, how it's unfortunate and this, that. But it needs to always be stressed that it's much better that this is out there and, there, yes. and you know, the, 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 these are... Uh, that's going to affect the, the folks who who did these things. So, yeah, that's, that's always important to note because when we do talk about this, it's never going to be, obviously, it's not something we're going to be, like, thrilled to be diving into the details of. It's a disgusting story. But it's much better we know about it and folks pay that price yeah, rather than it being a thing that people suffering in silence, you know? So Yeah, yeah. as Charlie said, huge domino to fall because, like, 
I don't know what Laurinaitis is attorney's cooking or what he's cooking with like going at this angle or if there's any truth to it, which obviously is very questionable from where we're sitting right now. Um, but one thing I do know is that regardless of whether this works out for Laurinaitis or not, this is not good for Vince at all. Yeah. You know, this is like disastrous almost, it seems. Again, from the outsiders, someone who's not studied law or anything, uh, or at least that part of law or anything. So, you know, um, it's just not looking good, man. We're just going to have to wait and see what details come out. But, you know, um, as the days go on, it's not like things are cooling down for Vince McMahon. They're actively getting worse, you know. Uh, so, uh, Ayo, I know... Uh, you're a bit more familiar with the law than we are, but obviously a different sector of law. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, think so this, been, is, this isn't your arrested. type of case. I've been arrested yeah. a couple of times. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not my type of... not my vector here, but, you know, I just... If this does go to Discovery, which it looks like it does, all of the names that are list, that are redacted, they will be uncovered. There are... You know, there was a name listed that was corporate officer number one that basically said that he was in the know and was shown some things that if that is who people think it may be, he's out of here. Like he's just he's out of the business. Um, Endeavor's just gonna wipe his, their hands clean of of him. I don't want this to be clipped, so I want to be careful. How I say it. I'm not even. It's not even fucking worth it. Uh, but um, yeah. I just I don't see everybody coming out of this unscathed. It, it'll be um. It's gonna get it's gonna get bloody if this if this really does go through the trial or if it at least goes through the discovery. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, obviously hoping the best for Janelle Grant. I can't even imagine how much of a like uh, potentially traumatizing experience just this is. Never mind what she went through. That's alleged in the lawsuit. Just this part of it, where like the whole world knows your name. There's a face that's been put to the name as well now. Um, and yeah, and obviously just being at the forefront of this, and the same with like her attorney and Callis. It's like she's from the looks of things. Even from the few appearances she's made in the media, she's been like bombarded, really, by like media and obviously, as she mentioned in a recent interview, just like other people reaching out about other wrongdoings and stuff like that. So, um, she's obviously, understandably, very, very busy as well. And like I just said, I can't even imagine what uh, Janelle Grant's going through at this moment in time. So. Hopefully, whoever needs being, whoever needs discipline, put away, fired, fined, you know, charged, whatever it is, you know, hopefully it all plays out and, you know, justice is served, not to be too cliche, but that's all you can kind of sit and wait and do with these things, really, you know. Um, and I guess kind of keeping it on this subject, Netflix content chief, she was asked immediately, like they did a, they did like a press event, Netflix did today, and literally the first thing she was asked about was Vince McMahon. So anyone in wrestling media who is still scared about asking questions, it's like this is these are like the Netflix chiefs are getting asked about this immediately. Do you know what I mean? So there's no excuse for it not to be happening in wrestling media. With that being said, though, I do think that the for the most part. Media, the media members on the Shawn Michaels media call earlier didn't. I didn't feel like embarrassed of wrestling media like I did after the Royal Rumble one. 
Um, mm-hmm. Granted, there was a couple of questions where I was just kind of, you know, come on. But I wasn't fully embarrassed like I was over over that weekend. But yeah, Netflix Netflix content chief. She commented saying basically when when asked about Vince McGann, uh, he's gone. He's not there. He's gone. So it seems like the corporate play to this is like, well, he's been fired, so it's all good. But, you know, if he does go to Discovery or anything like that and more people get outed by name, then obviously this could get very messy for WWE's sponsors, WWE's partners, such as Netflix is going to be in January 2025 going forward. Um, Yeah, obviously, hopefully the sponsors and like Slim Jim kind of did. You know, put pressure on WWE to get to the bottom of this and make sure the the right people are out of there, you know, because, you know, Slim Jim showed a glimpse of it by pulling their Rumble sponsors, but then, you know, less than 24 hours later, oh, Vince is gone, so everything's back to normal now, you know. It's, uh, you know, it's not like they fully stood on business. It was a step in the right direction, but not quite, Mm -hmm. you know. I guess my, my long way of saying is I hope that the sponsors are following up on this and, they're asking the questions of WWE and they're making, I don't want to say threats, but they're making it clear what their stance is if this does go a certain way, etc., etc. So, um, you know, hopefully the sponsors and the partners and stuff like that aren't just going to just kind of take the approach that is kind of hinted at here by Netflix's uh, content chief, Bella. What's her name? Bella. Uh, it was better something. Apologies, people. I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head, but yeah, man, uh, it'd be interesting to see how the sponsors play, Joe. It will, yeah. Um, there definitely feels like a Slim Jim one was kind of a <clears throat> dangerous precedent in terms of just like, oh, Vince is gone. You know, like that's uh, yeah. That I do think that's like an issue, honestly, across the fandom on some level. You know, yeah. like. Uh, when I say fan, I just mean wrestling fans and people that watch wrestling in general. Like, it is very clear if you read the, the the suit that it's like way beyond just one. It's a whole culture that's being discussed. So, uh, I think that's important to kind of keep central in this story as we talk about and as it develops because it is more than just like Vince gone, and you know this kind of idyllic workplace is now allowed to flourish. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, now, to be clear, whether I think that will actually be something that like a sponsor or a broadcast partner will actually care about unfortunately probably not i think the netflix response will be indicative of how most of them respond to it um again slim jim thing kind of showed you that on some level right so yeah i don't know we'll see yeah yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see uh we've got a couple super chats though Going back to AEW, Jonathan Gomez, two dollars. Y'all think AEW's open will open up more seats for revolution? Uh, the only seats they've really got left are behind the stage at this point. So if they wanted to sacrifice having a big stage, maybe. But other than that, no, I can't see it. That show, I've said to you before, Charlie. I'm very jealous. That show's going to be. That house is huge. You know. Yeah. Greensboro for Sting's last match, like. This is it's wild. It's gonna be That's super, gonna be very special. special. It really, really is. Yeah, I'm super excited to be there. That's yeah, gonna be cool. Someone asked in chat on? earlier if any of us were going to Revolution. I am. I am going to Revolution. <laughs> Charlie's on. Of she's course. on color commentary for the main event. So I am. I, am. Yeah. I got the call. <laughs> Moving on. You're gonna, entrance, you're gonna get entrance like Jim Ross does, right? You're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna yeah, like yeah, so I've got to figure out a song. 
first of all, don't call me that. Um... <laughs> they could get rid of the stage. I'm not saying that yeah. they couldn't. I just don't Tron, think they're going to. The stage a little bit. Mm-hmm. Pack some people mm-hmm. in there. Yeah, man. Um, we'll see. Well, cheers and five dollars. HBK don't care. He says anything on those media goals. I think that's quite a, it's quite a stern stance to have, you know. <laughs> I think I think Will means like in terms of how like kind of loose he is, just talking on those. Like he kind of will just speak to anything. I think is what he means, you know. Rather than like, I could be wrong. Will may just be saying he's full of shit. I don't know, but I think it's in response <laughs> to like because uh, he does right. If you ask Sean a question, it seems like he will just answer it. It's very. It's kind of wild. Yeah, I don't think he, he 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 mentioned as well. I didn't mention this when we was doing like the Shawn Michaels segment, but like, you know, he's clearly not corporate trained. It's fucking Shawn no. Michaels, yeah. <laughs> you know. He says as much on this media call, and uh, even at the end, he was like, you know, uh, I pre- you know, I appreciate that the media had to ask these questions today. Obviously, this was one of the hardest. Me- this was the hardest media call that I've had to do, but I appreciate that you have to do your job, and um, you know. Obviously, they're going to keep trying to do what they can do to make it a safe working environment. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with WWE. Of course, it's a very, um, it's such a weird time, isn't it? You know, it's like it's Royal Rumble, WrestleMania season as well. It's meant to be like a very, like, you know, enthusiastic time. But, and I guess, like, I've even seen some fans on the timeline. We talked about this before we went live as well. It's like, to some fans, it genuinely is. And it's not, it doesn't make them bad people or anything. But there is certain, like, there is fans who are just, who just watch the graps. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're not, yeah. they're not reading all the allegations and the accusations. The only scoops that they care about is who's going to sign there. You know what I mean? Or who's right. backstage. They're the only thing, like, they're only into the actual, like, product, if that makes sense. And not all the kind of, uh, you know, they kind of, you know, kind of shut all that out, good and bad, you know. So, yeah, you know, you do, you do see quite a lot of that. Fans just kind of just getting on with it, but even still, is there is kind of like, you know, as, as it's already been called, a dark cloud over WWE at the moment. It's, mm. it's not good, man. It's not good. It's uh, he's, he's obviously more awkward to cover than the latest free agent news from where we're sitting as well. But yeah, you know, we're we're trying to approach it with some level of maturity and you know try and have clear opinions and stuff like that so you know i'm gonna keep on moving aw dynamite review latest vince mcmahon lawsuit news including lauren Itis and sean michael's comments spoke about mercedes and okada uh last quest last last very last chance to get any super chats in not sure if we'll get any and uh is there anything else we could possibly talk about I, I have a plug, Monty. You have, have a plug? plug? No, no, I'll tell you. Are you going uh, to PayPal me? Well, um, <laughs> this is big, though. When you, when you hear what this is, you'll be you'll be all in. Tomorrow <laughs> night, we find out 2023 Fleet 50 results, brother. Twitch.tv slash late night grin. Um, we had, I think, 65 ballots, which, ter- which produced 170 different wrestlers. <laughs> Which Jeez. I don't quite know how that happened, or, or Never but, yeah, it was, yeah, that was like it was like one sixty, one seventy. So um, that will be tomorrow night after Rampage, which means that will be four oh five a.m. here in Great Britain. So buy it up. Yeah, happy days. 
Fleet 50, special time of year, people. I know I was just talking yeah. about all the special times of year, but like, this is this is really it, you know. This is yeah. this is it. Those ballots, you know. People put hours into those ballots, Joe, you know. They do. Um, they do. Uh, just a quick update from Twitter whilst we was live. Um, it was from like it was from like over an hour ago now, but Jim Ross tweeted saying that he had cancer surgery this morning on his right hip. He said all went well. Thanks for all the love and support. Uh, had no idea about his right hip. Obviously, I know that he had it on his ankle, and he had some skin complications and stuff like that with like irritation and stuff like that, and recovery from the uh, radiotherapy and stuff that he was going through on his ankle. And uh, I think I believe he got the all clear on his ankle as well. But yeah, but he he had cancer surgery on his hip, the right side of his hip this morning. So wishing him a speedy recovery as always. Yes. Not sure if this means he'll be off TV for an extended amount of time or how big the surgery was, you know. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. And again, sending him all the uh, love and support, really, you know. Big fan I'm of JR, if you, if you can't tell. Big JR, mm-hmm. though, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think there's anything else that I've missed. Uh, okay, one second. I'm just looking at this coming up now. Yeah, PW Insider have reported that the WWE Supercard digital game has removed Brock Lesnar from their system. Woo! Wow. That's, that's nasty. Um, we've definitely seen the last of Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I, I was speculating about the potential of this from like from from last Thursday, really, where it was just like this and that, and this is. I said before, like even without all this, if Brock Lesnar retired tomorrow anyway, would that would that look stun anybody? I don't think it would. And now you throw this to kind of nudge him out the door. Um, then you then you include that like the implications of risk that that comes with WWE as a public company. It's a you know different regime. We all know Vince would have Vince would have had him on Royal Rumble. You know, let's be real. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't think Triple H will have the same. Um, urge to want to like bring need and want to have him back you know and wwe from a business point of view they don't need brock right now like, they do not need brock lesnar you know as much as i've enjoyed brock lesnar's career as a fan from that perspective obviously i'm gotta see how all this lawsuit stuff plays out but it does not look promising for my fandom of brock lesnar judging off that lawsuit i am quite you know disgusted by it but mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, as I also said, it is not looking promising for the future endeavors of Brock Lesnar in professional wrestling at the moment. Um, yeah, PW Insider reported we should expect to see Brock Lesnar downplayed, if not right, outright moved as he was <laughs> in the Supercard game as much as possible going forward by 2K and potentially other licenses. Mm. So, yeah, man, Brock Lesnar's uh. Again, not looking good. He's not looking good. Very, uh, very disappointing story all round. To be honest, you know. But... That is, I will say though, that is actually I mean, it's a strange word to use for it, but that is a positive sign in terms of their handling of it. Because yeah. Brock's a big enough star that I just kind of thought they would just, you know, power through. They often, that's often how wrestling has been, unfortunately. So that, I mean, that is at least kind of. I guess encouraging that Endeavor are going to try and take this as seriously as they, I guess. I don't want to give them a lot of credit for that, but you know, 
generally with wrestling, as you said, Brock would have been on the Rumble and he would have got a big pop and everyone would have just. Yeah. So. Yeah. If this was if this was still Vince McMahon's WWE, uh, I don't think. Uh, maybe Brock goes away for a month or whatever, but then you know. Nah, yeah, if it's Vince's WWE, he would have been on the Rumble, bro. Yeah. Oh, there's very little doubt in my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, Brock Lesnar's pulled from the 2K Supercar game, so you might get pulled from the other 2K games and stuff like that as well, and other things going forward if, you know. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, Andy, 200 rupees, appreciate it. Seth drew career versus title and an undefeated Braun on the main roster, perfect athlete heading the next generation versus the perfect wrestler, Gunther, effectively replaces Punk and Lesnar in terms of drama and stakes, in my opinion. I mean, they're not terrible. They're not terrible, no versions at all. Braun versus Gunther, Seth versus Drew. Um, I'm not mad at them. Yeah, um, I'd like Sami Zayn in that, that Drew-Seth picture, personally, but... Boris, yeah. £2. Appreciate you. Um, if Brock is out, he's obviously number one out soon. Um, I guess in terms of that situation in a vacuum, they are kind of different in the sense that like, Brock was employed to be like actively like involved in it in terms of like engaging mm-hmm. with Janelle Grant in like that way. Whereas uh, the WWE officer number one thing was more of like he was aware of it. Do you know what I mean? Rather than like... Yeah. That's kind of the impression I got from the laws. Yep. Mm-hmm. Not the best time to have to fill that air. No, it's not. It's not all. I'm not very familiar with, with what's being discussed, really. But uh, in terms of the details of the the unnamed yeah. corporate officer. But, yeah. Yeah. We assume so. We assume so. How do you have any You're back, you're back, you're back. There you I was, go. I'm back. Oh, I was literally, man. as I was about to say, my definitive, like, you know, but at the end of the day, Boris, it's not looking good for either of them, is what I was going to mm-hmm. say. Endeavor is going to want to cut this cancer out completely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Forward. Like Netflix, Netflix just came out. They were basically like, there was a report that came out that said if this was a week before the Netflix deal was signed, there'd be a real hurdle there. And then the Netflix CEO or president, um, she was asked about this and she was like, Vince is gone. Like she was basically, she basically confirmed the report without us confirming the report. She's like, Vince is gone. So there's no issue. Like he's gone. So there's no issue as if there would be a real issue if Vince was still here. So for that to be the attitude and then it goes to, oh, well, well, officer number one, he knew what was going on, but it's all good. We're 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 heading forward. We're marching along with this relationship. I don't see that happening. So I think anybody who's even like strongly hinted at of being a part of this, you're out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all gonna it's all gonna play out. Look, I'm sure if it goes to Discovery as well, we'll hear more about like how. You know how the board unanimously voted Vince off the board. Then, when it was clear that he was going to try force his way back in by firing people and hiring people he wanted on the board, they unanimously unanimously voted him back on the board. And Nick yeah. Khan was going on interviews saying how you know basically how he played it smart and shit like that. So, um, 
probably hear some more about that as well. But the extent of which these unnamed off- executive officers and stuff were involved is obviously quite it's unknown at this stage in terms of uh, yeah. how much details, what they knew, how much they were involved, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Brock Lesnar was heavily employed in the lawsuit and then named by Wall Street Journal. So it's, um, you know, neither good, but different cases, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we slip into more Vince McMahon lawsuit depressing talk, um, is there any? Is there anything? Um, is there anything else? Is there anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Well, TNA is ongoing. Has there been a nickname? I should probably plug that the podcast is back on Sunday. Yes, do that, Charlie. I should do probably that. plug that. Uh, yes, yeah, so me, Anna, and Alexia will be back on Sunday, but with new branding, it will not be the ACA podcast anymore. It and will the still be a sneak piece, but um, it shall be known as Girls on Graps going forward. So keep an eye out for that. We're not sure what time on Sunday yet because of I'm in London during the evening. But when I'm back, the podcast will go live. So yeah, that's Vigeo's creative. I didn't even know that until now. Yeah, yeah, so no, that I was the name taking, that we thought of. I will be taking full credit. Um, Vigeo, staunch feminist, the biggest feminist <laughs> on the Russell Pierce channel. Many are saying. He came up with the new name of the ACA podcast. So I believe that works out to about 33% of every pod, Monty. But um, my people will <laughs> definitely be in contact with you. That's We can figure this out off air. Uh, we can figure this out off air. You know, I'm, I'm like Joe, and I don't like talking business while on air. Nah. So. We're professionals. We do it in the post show. Right? We yeah. Do- <laughs> yeah, yeah, girls on grabs. There will be a Twitter account. It's just getting set up. Coming soon. Don't worry about it. It'll someone, be there eventually. Someone, someone in the someone in the live chat just asked like, "Who's Anna?" It's like I can't I can't oh. get mad at them because Anna is such a special surprise guest these days. But we're gonna mm-hmm. we're getting her back on a regular schedule, and you're gonna yeah. love her. <laughs> you're gonna love well, her. She's great. So, Sundays um, this week it will probably be ten. No, I almost went with the English time, not the American time. Probably five PM Eastern this Sunday. Yeah, man. Just of course, keep us up to date. Yes, uh, I'll keep the people up to date. Yes. All right. Girls on graps. She's, um, like, she's not Italian. She's not Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Who said she's Italian? <laughs> It was just in chat. Oh, is, is it, it the Italian? Italian? <laughs> she's not Italian. Italian. She's Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah, Brazilian. Yeah, Brazilian. Brazilian. Uh, Brazilian currently oh, in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah. Anyway, shout out Anna. Shout out the girl. Shout out girls and graps coming this Sunday with the official uh, pilot episode <laughs> um, yeah. tomorrow. Me and Joe will do a stream if the news permits and it feels worthwhile, you know. And I think after the past couple of weeks, it may be. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what Dave puts in the Observer. We'll see what comes out Friday morning, afternoon. And you'll see on the Respirus page if we're going to do a live stream or not. So mm-hmm. keep an eye, for, eye out for that. Joe Horbert, Fleet 50. Make sure you keep an mm-hmm. eye out for that. Hallbert House Show, keep an eye out for them. Um, IO shit posting, keep an eye out for that. Watch along for collision, probably. Yes, very probably a watch along for collision, especially with uh, 
BCC versus CMLL. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know it's, no, it's a singles match, any, but it's still BCC versus CMLL, so I'll take it. Brian Keith versus Eddie Kingston. I will be seated. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good one. Some good chops. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in. Appreciate all the super chats. Please like, subscribe. Uh, please make sure you do that. It does help us out on the way out. Um, after the video has been uploaded, leave us a comment as well. Every time I ask the chat to leave us a comment, what they do is they wait for the stream to finish and they'll just comment in the live chat. That's not a yeah. comment. <laughs> That's not a comment, people. That's a live chat. You have to switch over. You have to click over yeah. the tab to make it a comment. So please leave us a comment, even if you just put, here's a comment, Montel, you prick. You know? <laughs> I don't mind. But yeah, people, appreciate you all. Thanks for watching. Potentially back tomorrow. Keep an eye on the page. Peace.